This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Who the heck is this skinny guy with a funny last name, and what the heck is he doing in the middle of this debate stage? I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama, and I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing stage tonight. I don't care about polls. What I care about the fact is that no one is telling the American people the truth. The truth is that Biden didn't do this to us. Our Republicans did this to us, too. No one has told you how to fix it. I'll tell you how to fix it. No one's above the law. And President Trump is entitled to the presumption of innocence that every American is entitled to. And we will make sure and extend that to him. But the American people deserve to know I chose the Constitution. The decline in education is one of the major reasons why our country is in decline. We need education in this country, not indoctrination in this country. Why are you at the Fox News debate tonight in Milwaukee? Well, you know, a lot of people have been asking me that. And many people said you shouldn't do them. But you see the polls have come out and I'm leading by 50 and 60 points. And, you know, some of them are at one and zero and uh, two. And I'm saying, do I sit there for an hour or two hours, whatever it's going to be, and uh, get harassed by people that shouldn't even be running for president? Should I be doing that? The surreal and deadly scene playing out over Russia. A jet falling from the sky on board the leader who was behind that attempted revolt against Vladimir Putin that marched to Moscow. Now that leader is dead. Video showing the plane registered to that mercenary leader, Yevgeny Prigozhin, falling to earth from 28,000 feet. Behind it, a trail of smoke. Russian state TV reporting that he was on board and he was killed in the crash. Former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani spoke to the media after turning himself in to Georgia authorities. He is one of 19 people accused of trying to overturn the 2020 election. Former President Trump is planning to turn himself in with Giuliani right after leaving court. Kenny Willis will go down in American history as having conducted one of the worst attacks on the American Constitution ever when this case was dismissed.
So I'm one of those people that actually stayed up till 11 p.m. last night, knowing I had to be up at 3.14 a.m. this morning. My late great partner, Bernard, used to say, I stayed up and watched it so you didn't have to. I'm not going to go that far, but I did stay up, and I did watch it, and I wish I hadn't. (laughs) That's the bottom line. I don't care uh, whether I can provide you with great details or not. It was a waste of time. It was amateur hour at its best. And this is my party. Some of these folks I actually like. Some disappointed me in a big way last night. Now, of course, everybody knows that I'm in the bag for Donald Trump. I got a Donald Trump story. I actually got texted yesterday by Andrew Giuliani, who will be on this show tomorrow. Andrew's on every Friday now. And uh, Sergio Gore, Sergio Gore happens to be the publisher. He's been in studio a couple of times here with Carrie Lake, Judge Jeanine Pirro, and he publishes all of Trump's books. So long story short, Giuliani and Gore were both on the golf course in New Jersey with Trump yesterday. And according to them, Trump said, how's my guy number one, Sid? And Andrew said, he's doing great. And Trump said, is he still number one? And according to Andrew, Andrew said, Mr. President, by a mile. A mile. And numbers are not great the last couple of months. They've been trending down. Summer's a tough time to continue to get big, big numbers. We're still doing really well, but a lot of the shows in this market have really fallen off the face of the earth, kind of like some of those candidates last night. And Giuliani says, Mr. President, number one by a mile. And Trump said, well, let's get on. Let's do it. So, according to Giuliani and Gore, President Trump should be back as early as next week. And again, I'm in the bank for Trump. We know that. I went from a guy that didn't vote for him in 2016, that I watched his presidency, and he blew me away. In my lifetime, the two best presidents by a distance, Ronald, well, three, Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump, and to be fair, a Democrat, at least the first term, Bill Clinton. But Reagan and Trump, for sure. And Trump, in my lifetime, Bush 41, pretty good one-term president. Nobody liked Trump. So I love him. And even though he makes stupid mistakes every now and then, I chalked it up to being human. That's all. He's human. He's a bull in a china shop. He's all those things. But he was a great president. I mean great. And watching these people up on stage last night, you know, for me, this is for Sid Rosenberg, when I watch Joe Biden, I really miss Trump. When I watch anybody from the Democrat Party, I really miss Trump. And now I can say last night watching Republicans, our own party, I really miss Trump. You know who won the debate last night? I'm watching Brian Kilmeade now. He's at a diner in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He's going back and forth with Ducey and Ainsley. And who won the debate last night? You know who won the debate last night by a distance? The guy that wasn't even there, Donald Trump. Donald Trump did an interview with Tucker Carlson, which he taped, Bedminster, New Jersey, played last night. Same time as a debate. Do you know, do you know that Donald Trump views are over 100 million? Did you know that? That the audience 
for this GOP debate on Fox News paltry in comparison to the amount of views Donald Trump got sitting there with Tucker Carlson. And by the way, continues to get the GOP debate. That's been over now for seven hours. Trump is still getting views. Donald Trump won the debate last night because, A, he had a larger audience, and, B, nobody, I'm sorry, none of these people last night stepped up and said, hey, I'm a really good alternative vote. Heck, none of these people even stepped up, in my opinion, and said, I should be Donald Trump's running mate. I'm going to say this at the risk of people getting upset, maybe even calling me a racist, I don't know. But, man, was I unimpressed with Tim Scott. Oh, my God, that was awful. If Tim Scott had any real chance on being Donald Trump's running mate, in my opinion, that's over. I mean, Tim, nice guy, no question, very nice guy. And hot in the right place. But every time they asked Tim Scott a question, it took him three minutes to get to the actual question. It was embarrassing. Tim Scott. Not ready for prime time. So the two people on stage that I thought did okay last night, okay, Nikki Haley. I mean, I could have done without Nikki Haley blaming Republicans instead of Joe Biden for the deficit. Could have done without that, but she's being honest. Nikki Haley, I thought, did very well. And uh, Mike Pence. And you know I can't stand Mike Pence. As far as I'm concerned, he's a backstabbing jerk. I understand religious man, honest man, constitution, blah, blah, blah. He's got no chance of ever winning an election like this because of his stance on abortion. It's a waste of time. He's polling at about 3%. But, but he was sharp. He was confident. And he did make the point of everybody on stage. He was the VP during a very, very good administration. So for me, Haley Good, Pence Good. Vivek. This guy, they love him. Every time Vivek spoke last night, the crowd went nuts. Trump supporters, for some reason, love this guy. I don't. First of all, I'm very upset with what he said most recently about Israel and stopping the money there by 2028. I don't like what he said about Taiwan, if, in fact, China invades. I do like how he feels about the Ukraine situation. I agree with him there. Pete King, you know that. But his foreign policy leaves a lot to be desired. You know, he's kind of corny doing that stupid M&M routine at the uh, Iowa State Fair. Yesterday in Milwaukee doing a 1776 theme debate. A lot of white teeth smiling. A lot of back and forth with everybody. The old, hey, I'm not a career politician. I'm the smart guy on stage. And that kind of wore on me after a while. So you have to excuse me, folks, because a lot of you Trump supporters listening right now love Vivek. I don't love him. I don't love anybody on stage last night. Chris Christie was exactly what I thought he was going to be, a fat, stupid, jealous jerk. And he thought he would, you know, appease the crowd with his Barack Obama comment. Hey, Chris, short memory, huh? You don't remember your Burt Lancaster move walking down the beach hand in hand with Barack Obama after Hurricane Sandy? So you're going to make a joke last night about Vivek reminding you of Barack Obama when you know Obama basically made love on the beaches in New Jersey? Who are you kidding? I mean, he's such a, he, he, he's so embarrassing. God, is he awful. And I can't grade, you know, guys are like, well, I wasn't happy with Doug Burgum. Really? 
Doug Burgum? You know what took him 20 minutes just to get to him? By the time all these people were busy, uh, stopped fighting back and forth, two guys, Doug Burgum and Asa Hutchinson, hadn't even spoken yet. So I am not going to waste my time grading Doug Burgum, who's a nice guy, had a funny line, break a leg, I actually did it, and Asa Hutchinson, who's not a nice guy, complete dick. These two guys are completely irrelevant. Don't waste my time and grade Burgum and Hutchinson. Ron DeSantis, eh, way too charged up, way too charged up. Every time he spoke, his face moved, his hands moved. Calm down, Ronnie. And you know what? It's great that Ron DeSantis has been a terrific governor in Florida. I got news for you. Stay there. You are great. You're doing a great job in Florida. Stay there. Why anybody believes that governing one state when there's 49 others makes you ready to run this country, I don't get it. It's fine. It's okay. I guess what I'm getting at is that after watching this for two hours, I did not feel like my party represented themselves well last night. And I got to look at Joy Reid cuts this morning making fun of us. And she's right. For the most part, it was amateur hour, ripping each other back and forth. It wasn't even Donald Trump. And I made this point yesterday. They didn't really rip Donald Trump all night. They ripped each other. It was kind of like... The whole stage up against Vivek, because he was the amateur. He's the rookie. Everybody else has all this great. I mean, here's our Brett Bear. I can't stand him either. Can't stand him. So Chris Christie is going over all the good things he did in New Jersey. And Brett Bear, this was his shining moment. He goes, yeah, but last I checked, they downgraded New Jersey 11 straight times. You want to talk about taking the air out of a fat balloon Chris Christie went, humana, humana, humana. The old, uh, you know, Joe Pesci, you stuttering, you stuttering, muttering prick. He really, he answered it, but it was, it was over at that point. Here he's, I know, you know, and, and I got more jobs, and I balanced the budget, and did this for Jersey. And Brett Bear's like, you were downgraded eleven straight times, and he was right. So, Donald Trump did his thing, as I said. With Tucker Carlson, then he talked a lot about a variety of issues while these other eight people were embarrassing themselves on a stage in Milwaukee. And he uh, discussed, of course, Republicans who shouldn't be on the debate stage and why he wasn't there in the first place. Where is uh, the cut, uh, the cut, I should say, Justin? Oh, here it is. Go to uh, Donald Trump, cut number 23. This is uh, Trump with Tucker Carlson last night explaining why he was not in Milwaukee. Cut 23. Why are you at the Fox News debate tonight in Milwaukee? Well, you know, a lot of people have been asking me that. And many people said you shouldn't do them. But you see the polls have come out and I'm leading by 50 and 60 points. And, you know, some of them are at one and zero and uh, two. And I'm saying, do I sit there for an hour or two hours, whatever it's going to be, and uh, get harassed by people that shouldn't even be running for president. Should I be doing that? Then he goes on to talk about the Republicans who never should have been on that stage in Milwaukee, Wisconsin last night. Lou Rubino, this is Donald Trump, cut number 16. When you, when you say there are people on stage who shouldn't be running for president, who do you mean? Well, I don't want to really use names, but it wouldn't matter too much. A guy like, uh, I call him Ada Hutchinson. It's Asa, but I call him Ada uh, 
What do you I call Nita? You know, I could tell you, but I don't want to get myself in a little trouble. But he's weak and pathetic, and he was... Uh, I never understood the guy. I never knew him. He was the governor of Arkansas. I did not a very popular guy. I don't know how he... But that state is such a great state. The people are so incredible yes. in that state. And they love me, and I love them. How does this guy get elected governor of Arkansas? But he's nasty always and uh, has been. Uh, a guy like Chris Christie, a guy left with a 8%, think of it, 8% approval rating in New Jersey. Now he's running for president. And he runs solely on the basis, oh, let's get Trump. Let's get, he's like a savage uh, uh, maniac. He's like a lunatic. And that's all he talks about. His poll numbers are very, very low. He's about 2%. What's he like? You know him well. No, I've, had, I've been friendly with him over the years, but I couldn't give him a, a job because I just never trusted him very much. Uh, I was just never one of his people that really trusted him. I never gave him the job. And that's one of the reasons he feels so hurt and so betrayed. And I understand that. I really do. I understand it. But I never gave him. You know, he wanted to be different things. He was looking at different uh, elements of the administration. And we decided, uh, I decided just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it. And now I'm glad I did because you see, but you know, we had some, some great people. I had great people. We'll have even better people if we do this because now I know Washington before I didn't know Washington. But guys like Bill Barr were terrible. I mean, they were, I would say, bushies. Uh, I say that with respect to the Bush family, but they were bushies, and uh, just it doesn't work out for us. So then, finally, it came up. There's a lot of folks that I speak to on this show that don't believe Joe Biden will even be the nominee for the Democrat Party. They believe that with all these House oversight committees looking at the Joe Biden's financial issues, Joe Biden's declining health, a bunch of reasons why Joe Biden won't even run. And Tucker Carlson brought up the possibility of facing another Democrat, any Democrat, when, in fact, Donald Trump wins the primary. This is Tucker Carlson and Donald Trump, courtesy of X, on who Trump may take on come November 2024, cut number 18. Do you have a preference in who you run against? Uh, in many ways, I'd love to run against him because his record's so bad. You know, it's still horrible when you look at inflation and everything else. But others also have very bad records. I mean, California's a bad record. So, you know, should it be Gavin or should it be somebody else? Gavin Newsom, he brought that up unprovoked. So we've got all kinds of audio. We'll play it all morning long from Chris Christie to Vivek to Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, and, of course, more from Donald Trump last night. We'll get to my friend Rudy Giuliani, his long day in Georgia yesterday. Donald Trump, his day is today. He will surrender to a Fulton County jail later on tonight. Progosian is dead. I remember doing the show that Monday from the Ohika Castle, and uh, I remember two days prior that Saturday afternoon finding out that there's a group, an army group, on their way to Russia to take out Putin. And I said to Danielle, I said, I don't know who this Wagner group is, who this guy Pogosian is, but he just signed his own death certificate. No, 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 they're going to go up there and take him. He just signed his own death certificate. Well, it took two months, but now he is dead. A lot to cover on this Thursday edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning, and a great guest list as well. We'll start with Frank Morano coming up at 645. My guy, Curtis Sliwa, 
did it again last night. Huge crowd, even bigger than the Brooklyn crowd we had Tuesday night on Staten Island. We'll get those specifics from Curtis Lee. We're coming up at 7.05. We'll talk to Judge Andrew Napolitano coming up at 7.40. Uh, one of my favorites out of South Carolina, Nancy Mace. She'll be here at 8.10. Big fan Bill O'Reilly coming up at 8.40. Bo Deedle, he'll be here at 9.10. And Michael Franzese on Rudy Giuliani and the State of the Mob. He's coming up at 9.25. It's a monster show. Sid Rosenberg on a Thursday, exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. And by the way, happy birthday to Rolling Stones drummer. Was it today is death day? Yeah, this is when he died. Charlie Watts passed away on this day, and that's why you're hearing... Someone's Baby by the Rolling Stones. We'll come back with segment number two right after this. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Georgia, Georgia, the whole day through, just an old sweet song, keeps Georgia on my mind. Georgia, I said, Georgia. Georgia, a song of you comes as sweet and clear as moonlight. The late great Ray Charles, Georgia, six uh, twenty-nine on your Thursday morning, Georgia. Quite a scene yesterday, and of course, we'll be again later on tonight. So I'm in the gym yesterday working on my arms. What a great arm workout. My jacket today, it's fitting like a glove. Which doesn't make any sense because it's a jacket, but it fits like a glove. I look great. So I'm getting my uh, workout in, and I get a text from a friend of mine. He's a friend, but he is one of the worst, and I mean the worst, liberals in the country. And his name is Michael Rappaport. And I've known Mike for many, many years. Mike and I used to share this obsession with the housewife shows. Like Mike spends a lot of time with Andy Cohen on the Bravo channel, all that nonsense. And Mike is a great actor. What was that movie? I loved it with Omar Epps and uh, Tanya, what was her name? The model. She had the, uh, the model show. Uh, the model, the supermodel. He played the Nazi. He shot him up at a, uh, at a college campus. What was the name of that movie? It was a great movie. That's it may have been a John Singleton movie. Good question. What's Tanya's name? The the, the supermodel. She had the uh, the supermodel show. She's a, oh. Her name is with not a, with a very big forehead. Maybe it's not Tanya. It's not Tanya. Huh? What is her name? Uh, do you mean America's Next Top Model? Yes. What is her name? Oh. That yeah. I God, you guys are so stupid. Well, I mean, I don't know. What you, you can't think of it either. Well, I know, so. but I, I mean, I bring up stuff every now and then. I need your help. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, what, I, I don't know it. Well, okay, here we go. Uh, Rob Butler would have known it. 
<laughs> got a... Mike Breen would have known it. Okay, fine, fine. Bernie, no, Bernie wouldn't know what he no, knows, to be honest. No. Yeah. Um, what about, okay, how about, uh, I don't know. Uh, how about what? When 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 did the movie come out? Tyra Banks. The wood? Tyra Banks, thank the you wood? very much. Tyra Banks. Oh. It was called, I believe, Higher Learning. Maybe oh. it wasn't, I don't know, but it's a great movie. Okay. And Mike was great in that, and Mike did a show a couple of years ago, which I really enjoyed, uh, about an autistic kid on uh, Netflix. And now that, that show's name escapes me, too, but it was great. He played the father. And uh, the little actor who played Sammy, that kid was great. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He's a good actor. He really is a very, very good actor. But he's lost. So he sends me a text. I'm finishing up my, I'm doing hammer curls. And I get a picture, I swear to God, of Rudy Giuliani mugshot. Now, I was not keeping up with all this stuff yesterday afternoon, when I tell you folks I mean this, when I leave, I leave, I'm done. The only show I listen to is John, because he's great and he's got great guests. I don't spend all day listening. I go to the gym. I lay out in the sun. I do a lot of sports, hang out with my kid, all those things. So I'm not keeping up on Woody Giuliani turning himself in, him, Sidney Powell, and the rest of them. But Rappaport sends me a picture of Giuliani's mugshot. And I'm like, hey, dickface. The guy's my friend, okay? Well, he did it to himself. I go, no, he did not do it to himself. He did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. He contested, he questioned an election, just like your friend Hillary Clinton did, just like fat, stupid Stacey Abrams did. He did nothing wrong, nothing. I said, Mike, you're a New Yorker. Any New Yorker, any New Yorker who was here on 9-11 and disparages Rudy Giuliani is a shizzlehead. I'm sorry. He's got me for life. That man went to thousands of funerals. Cops, maybe hundreds, I'm sorry, hundreds. Where where was where was he on nine eleven rapper? He was here. Where was he? Here. Oh, he's a New Yorker. Oh yeah, but he, he wasn't going to funerals every day, was he, Lou? No. 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 He, he wasn't. He was that... on the Upper East Side drinking his Starbucks and making ton of money in movies. Yeah. So I go, Rudy Giuliani, no matter what he does, the Trump stuff, all that nonsense, you don't like it, fine. You can never disparage Rudy. He did nothing wrong here, nothing illegal. This is horrible, what they're doing to my friend. Could be the last time the city was in good yeah. shape, too, safe. Of course. And then I go, well, actually, believe it or not, the de Blasio was not all that bad. It's gotten worse. Yeah, he's um, gotten much worse since him. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I go to Mike. I go, and let me tell you, Trump, enough with the Trump stuff. He goes, well, he's another clown. Look what he's done. I go, what has he done? I go, look at this economy. He goes, I saw Mike goes, Sid, you're thriving. I said, Rappaport, I am not thriving. Three or four years ago, maybe closer to six or seven years ago, I'd be making double or triple what I'm making now. I love John and Margo. I'm on record saying this. I'm not a millionaire. I'm not thriving. I'm not doing nearly as well as I should be doing. And by the way, I'm doing a heck of a lot better than about 99% of America. I admit that, but I'm not thriving, not even close. People can't go to a bank and borrow money. People can't buy homes. Inflation is down. It's down to 3%, still twice as high as Donald Trump. I said, Mike, you sound like Joy Behar. She said last week on The View, what are these people complaining about? The economy is great. I go, that's why people hate you. That's why people hate Hollywood people, I swear to God. And I go, and I like you. I know you're a good guy. I know you are. But you talk stupid. 
He goes, well, I got to come in, and you and I are going to fight about this. I said, sure. Come in next week. I'll be happy to fight with you. I eat everybody's ass for lunch, every one of you. Whoa. Hey. Oh. That's some diet. Okay. Scaramucci, you name the people right. that have been on this show over the last couple of months, I eat their ass for lunch. You want to come in, Mike? Come on in. Come on in, baby. Come into my den. What if that's not one of the specials on the menu? Well, then yeah. we'll get something else. Oh, well, we know what's for lunch today, at least. Hey, now. So Rudy, my uh, my good buddy, has <laughs> got to turn himself in yesterday. And then he said all the right things, of course, because he's a man. So this is uh, Rudy Giuliani in Georgia yesterday talking about, you want to talk about a terrible person? How about this Fulton County DA, Fannie Willis? What a piece of garbage. Rudy Giuliani, cut number 25. Former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani spoke to the media after turning himself in to Georgia authorities. He is one of 19 people accused of trying to overturn the 2020 election. Former oh, this President is actually Trump the news story. You have it under Rudy Giuliani. It's the news story. Play your cut 26. This is Rudy's full statement after turning himself in. Uh, to Georgia, and I'm feeling very, very good about it because I feel like I'm defending the rights of all Americans. As I did so many times as a United States attorney, people, people like to say I'm different. I'm the same Rudy Giuliani that took down the mafia, that made New York City the safest city in America, reduced crime more than any mayor in the history of any city, anywhere, and I'm fighting for justice. I have been from the first moment. I represented Donald Trump, and it is a man who has now been proven innocent several times. I don't know how many times he has to be proven innocent. And they have to be proven to be liars, actually enemies of our republic, who are destroying rights, sacred rights. They're destroying my right to counsel, my right to be a lawyer. They're destroying his right to counsel. It's not accidental that they've indicted all his lawyers. Never heard of that before in America. All the lawyers indicted. Now, whether you dislike or you like Donald Trump, let me give you a warning. It's going to come for you. When the political winds shift, as they always do, let us pray that Republicans are more honest, more trustworthy, and more American than these people in charge of this government. Because if our government is conducted this way, and the system of justice is politicized and criminalized for politics, your rights are in jeopardy and your children. Donald Trump told you this. They weren't just coming for him. Or me. Now they've indicted people in this case. I don't even know who they are. These are just regular people making a normal living. They're going to bankrupt them. They won't convict them. Rudy Giuliani, I love you. Any decent New Yorker that has a long memory dating back about 22 years ago, they love you. This will go away. You know, I signed an autographed copy of my book to somebody yesterday. Who was that? It doesn't matter. Well, then why'd you bring it up? Because oh. what I wrote was, most stories have a happy ending, including this one. And Rudy, yours will too. This is all noise. It's all noise. That's all it is. Now, I know it's costing you a fortune. The good news is Donald Trump is on record next week. There'll be a fundraiser to help Rudy Giuliani at Bedminster. Not cheap. I'm going to go. Not cheap. Because we're trying to raise as much money as possible for Rudy, so he's getting help. Rudy Giuliani, if you're listening, you still are a New York hero. 
an American hero, and we will all get the last laugh when it's all said and done. Joy Behar, Michael Rappaport, all these folks living a charmed life and completely lost. They ain't going to feel so good come November of 2024. Frank Morano and Lori Blanchard with our first look at traffic coming up next. Right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini. Listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. Today's minicast, Lou Ropino's favorite by a mile. Dominic Carter. On the menu today, Michael Rappaport's ass. (laughs) Here, Dominic talks about, I don't use this word. You wrote down migrants. I'm going to change it. Here, Dominic talks about illegals. New York City Mayor Eric Adams, his trip to Israel comes as Adams is facing his own crisis. 82%. 8 Two of New Yorkers recently polled by Siena College, guess what, are stating the influx of migrants in the state has become a serious problem. No. Really? Free, free, free? For everybody but Americans? The migrants? 82%? I'm surprised it's not 100%. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Alec here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, pavilion to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best boat boilers out in the Bronx. Aaron Judge, he put Yankees fans out of their misery, uh, almost single-handedly lifting the Yanks to a 9-1 to win over the Nationals in the second of three against Washington. Judge seemingly fed up like the rest of us after nine straight Yankees losses. He went scorched earth with three home runs and six RBI on the night. To boot, Luis Severino looked like his old self on the mound for New York, shoving six and two-thirds of one-hit shutout ball. Now out of the abyss, the Yanks will somehow play for a series win in this afternoon's finale with Washington. First pitch is set for 1.05 p.m. with Michael King set to take the hill against Patrick Corbin. Down in Atlanta, the Mets fell flat in their series finale with the Braves getting bullied to the tune of a 7-0 final score. Simply put here, the Bats couldn't figure out Charlie Morton on the hill with the Atlanta right-hander ringing up 11 Mets through seven stellar innings of two-hit ball. After an off day today, the Mets will see if they can get back in the win column when they welcome in the L.A. Angels tomorrow night. Speaking of those Angels, news came late last night that Shohei Otani has a tear in the UCL in his right elbow, and he will not pitch again this season. An MRI following Otani's start yesterday revealed the tear, and now the two-way superstar is left with a decision, leading up to arguably the most highly anticipated free agency in baseball history. One option, of course, and probably the most likely, is Tommy John surgery, something Otani already underwent in on his right elbow in 2018, and one that would keep him off the mound for the entirety of the 2024 season. That's a development alike uh, that would, obviously, significantly affect a free agent sweepstakes that many expect to yield a 500 plus million dollar contract and looking ahead locally to the final slate of preseason games coming up this weekend in the nfl the jets and giants they'll go head to head at 6 p.m on saturday night in a game that will see aaron Rodgers under center who's favored in that game oh i gotta look i don't know yeah give me that uh next time you mention mm-hmm. 
Give me uh, the line on that game sure because thing. I know it's preseason, but the starters play the most in that particular game. Definitely. It is Aaron Rodgers against the Giants, so I think there'll be some action. Mm-hmm. We do have Juice Wheels starting on this show tomorrow. Yep. So let's get that line next time we do sports. You got it, baby. And sports sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTakeless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers. And I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. There's a bar right across the street. He's got My man Frank Morado, the host of the other side of midnight. Great show. I love Frank, even when he is talking about UFOs and aliens and all that crazy stuff. I love Frank. He does a terrific show. Go join me right now. And uh, we'll talk about the debate. But, Frank, before we get to the debate, I know that uh, Curtis Sliwa had a big rally on Staten Island last week. That was arrest number 78. You were there. Since then, arrest number, no, that was 79. Excuse me, Queens was 78. Right. You were there. Since then, uh, Curtis and I had a big rally in Brooklyn on Tuesday. We've got another rally coming up later on this afternoon in the parking lot of Toys R Us, right across the street from the golf course, Flatbush Avenue. It's not mine. It's not Curtis's. It belongs to the Rockaway Republicans, people like Mary Glynn, Paul King. That starts at 5, and it looks like we're going to cancel Saturdays, but Curtis is back on Staten Island, your town, last night for that St. John's Villa Academy. I know um, Amalio Takis was on with me yesterday. She's drawing up legislation about this issue. And Joe Borelli, Joe Borelli, friend of yours and friend of mine, has come under a lot of fire the last year, specifically on this show with Curtis Sliwa. Pat Russo, great cop, sent me pictures of Curtis Sliwa and Joe Borelli hugging last night. Your people showed up in huge numbers. What about last night's rally, Frank, in your borough of Staten Island? Well, you said quite a bit there, uh, Sid, and, uh, you know, let me begin with the last part that you mentioned, this, uh, what seems to be, and I guess we'll hear about it in 15 minutes, the rapprochement between Curtis Lewa and uh, Joe Borelli. It is uh, great news, I think. I'm a good friend of both, and neither of them have made it easy to be friends with them uh, while they're (laughs) warring. Um, You know, so... How do you think I I feel? How how do you think I feel? I'm right in the middle of this whole thing all the time. (laughs) No, I, I, but trust me, I know exactly how you feel. So I, um, you know, was hoping to be the peacemaker on this 10 months ago when this whole thing started. And uh, I got the sense that one of them was kind of willing and the other one had no interest. But, uh, I, so I just kind of figured I gave up. I figured it was a lost cause and they both told me it was a lost cause, but I'm, I'm really glad that both of them are devoted enough to this city and to the cause of saving the city that they could put some, you know, petty differences, mostly which are based on nothing, quite frankly, behind them uh, for the good of New Yorkers. And honestly, they're, they're both great guys. So I'm glad they're they're getting along. And uh, I hope it continues. I hope it's not just a, a two week uh, ceasefire like we might see in a place like Ukraine. So I got a, a private message at 415 this morning. I'm not going to give out the name, but it's somebody very, very close to Eric Adams, who's also a friend of mine, good friend of mine, and in fact is in Israel with Eric Adams. 
And this person saw the video of me with Curtis in Brooklyn a couple nights ago. And in the video, I take out Joe Biden. I take out Kamala Harris. I take out Mayorkas. I take out Governor Hochul. And I end the video by taking out Eric Adams, blaming Eric Adams for being the guy that said, and I quote, hey, we're a sanctuary city. Come one, come all. I got you. Eric Adams there to greet him and meet him, bending over backwards to make life easy for him. Now he's decided a year later he can't handle it. Well, it's a bit late. And this person was so disappointed that I'd be turning my back on the mayor and this city. And am I a friend or a traitor? And I said to this person, Frank, I go, listen to me carefully. I like Eric. Good guy. But my family and my city comes first. I don't want to have to worry that when my gorgeous wife, Danielle, goes running to train for the New York City Marathon at 4.30 in the morning, that one of these 3,000 able-bodied men at Floyd Bennett Field is going to jump out of the bushes. If that makes me a bad guy, I'm a bad guy. Your thoughts? Well, well, first of all, I mean, nothing stops you from having dinner with Eric Adams, hanging out with Eric Adams, and then denouncing his policies, which are harming the city. I mean, you, you, when you, when you make a relationship or a friendship with someone, you're not pledging a loyalty oath to uh, put a blindfold on and pretend every idiotic decision that they make doesn't exist. I actually give you a lot of credit uh, because so many of the people on the radio, when there's someone they like in the political realm, whether it's Donald Trump or uh, Joe Biden or whomever, I don't get anybody having that sense of enthusiasm for Kathy Hochul. When there's somebody that they like, they pretend that everything they do is great. I actually think that that bodes well for uh, your objectivity. And look, anybody uh, can see what's happening with this migrant situation in New York City, including Eric Adams. He's telling the courts it's a crisis. And at that rally in uh, Staten Island yesterday, this was genuinely a by Partisan turnout. State Senator Jessica Scarcella Spanton, a Democrat, she was out there saying that we can't put uh, these migrants in a migrant shelter at Fort Wadsworth and that it has no place in the city. So, look, I, I think the question is, if you're one of the 18 percent of this uh, of the population of New York State that doesn't think this is a serious problem, what's wrong with you? Right. That's I mean, really the question. Eighty two percent. Eighty two percent think Eric. Adams is doing a bad job. I guess we're all crazy. Sorry, not uh, not the case. All right, let's get to uh, last night's debate. I know driving home this morning, you heard me talk about it. As far as I'm concerned, the only winner last night was President Trump. But but there are a couple of people I thought did okay. One in particular that really disappointed me. What are your thoughts, Frank Morano? Uh, look, I was struck by a, a few things. One, without Trump there, this really was a, a preseason football game. It, you get the sense that it really just doesn't count. I mean, it's a, it's a Hulk Hogan fighting against Dale Wolf. It's, it's, <laughs> it's almost totally meaningless. Funny. Uh, but I, I, I was struck by a few things. One, the majority of the people, overwhelming majority of the people wanted to see Trump. I, somebody tweeted, I think it was the journalist Glenn Greenwald, a photo of Marjorie Taylor Greene at the debate. She's at the debate in the audience watching. She's got her phone open the whole time watching Trump's interview with Tucker Carlson. Of course. Now, that's the people 
at the debate. Right. They're and, still and, watching right. Trump and Tucker. And, and by the um, way, when, when I say Trump wins, I can quantify that with what you just said, to emphasize what you just said. Donald Trump, Tucker Carlson, over 100 million views and still counting. So forget about whether you thought last night was amateur hour or not. And I didn't. I agree with you. Just based on the numbers alone, Donald Trump kicked ass last night. Back to you. Yeah, the other thing I, I was struck by is that the majority of the Republican presidential candidates on that stage are so steadfastly in favor of Biden's war policies in Ukraine, and they're also the ones way behind. The only ones that I thought were exercising something resembling a um, a sensible policy on the Ukraine issue were Ramaswamy to some extent and uh, Ron DeSantis, but you had an amazing well, well, let, let me stop you with that, because uh, you know how I feel, me and Bernard from day one, and right. you're right with us. I think this has been a colossal waste of money, waste of time. I don't know how any intelligent person really believes that Putin's going to take over the world and keep giving Zelensky money. I think this president is compromised, and that's why he's giving out so much money. So, Vivek, yes, but, but... While he's good on that, let's not forget what he said about Israel and Taiwan over the last week. To me, that disqualifies how he feels about the Ukraine. Well, my my, uh, I was kind of just talking about kind of the nature of the Republican Party these days and how without Trump in this debate, it really did look much more like a debate that could have taken place in 2008 or 2000. Very much a a pre-Trump Republican Party. And But I do think there's a lesson that all these candidates that are way down in the polls, people like Chris Christie and Asa Hutchinson and Nikki Haley, they all have the exact same policy on Ukraine that Biden does. Now, I... Uh, uh, I agree. I think, you know, I would spend hours on this, on the Ukraine situation. I think America is only prolonging this conflict and not bringing an end to uh, to it in the way that it should be. But I think politically, even if the Republicans don't care about ending this conflict, politically, it's bad politics. The candidates that are surging are Trump are, um, you know, people that want to bring an end to this conflict and have the United States play a, a peaceful role. But I think, uh, honestly, the biggest loser of the night, because he was number two in the polls, was DeSantis. And DeSantis, to me, was suffering from a, a bad case of Rubio 2016 <laughs> consultant brain. Yeah. He sounded like a wind-up doll. And candidates who think that abandoning all independent thought is some sort of a requirement for running for president. They have some deeper issues that they should examine with a, with a therapist because it's clear he had these pre-written yeah. these pre-written yeah. lines to get in there. So I thought he was the biggest loser of the evening. I think Tim Scott also significantly hurt himself for the veep stakes. See, Up to me, to me, to, to me, Tim Scott's the biggest loser. While I wholeheartedly agree with you on Ron DeSantis. There's no future for DeSantis. He's not going to be a VP. Trump hates him. He's got no future. He can still run. People forget about last night's performance for president in 2028. But the guy with the most potential on stage last night to be the VP, the future starts now, not DeSantis, Tim Scott. And yeah, Tim I, Scott I, was a disaster last night. I, not bad, I, I, a disaster. 
I thought he was incredibly underwhelming. The best thing about last night's debate for Tim Scott uh, might be that no one watched it because uh, <laughs> anybody anybody that tuned in can't really say they came away impressed no. with uh, with Tim Scott, other than the fact that he knew a few Bible verses by heart without right. without needing right. to look them and, up. And he, and he also did say that God made men to play sports against men. I mean, he had some decent points here and there, but every time they asked this guy a question, it took him three minutes to get to the answer i mean it was really tough to watch very tough to yeah, watch yeah I, I thought it was uh i thought he was weak uh, obviously nikki haley I, I don't agree with a lot of the positions she put out there on foreign policy but i thought just in terms of uh how she came across in the debate i thought she came across very well i thought she also did a pretty decent job explaining why she's not for a national abortion ban but at the same time brandishing her pro-life uh bona fides so uh the biggest mystery to me still in u.s politics is who mike pence thinks his constituency is i thought he he did really well last night, but I don't know who he's speaking to. Right, I, I, right. Clearly, he's speak, speaking to a segment of the Republican voting population that is uh, that is non-existent. But I, I'll tell you, the fellow that I'm really looking forward to hearing a little later on the uh, on the political end of things is Michael Franzese. I know you're having him on. He has one of the most incredible stories in all of politics. He was actually indicted by Rudy Giuliani when he was a captain in the Colombo crime family, and now Rudy Giuliani actually wrote the forward to his latest book all about the comparisons between the mob and the u.s government uh, i can't wait to see what he has to say about uh, rudy giuliani himself being indicted in this racketeering case because he and rudy have actually become pretty good friends in recent years and michael francis has the kind of mob history that uh, uh that really is the stuff of movies yeah which is uh we just did inside man that'll be fun and michael is going to join us right after bo deedle coming up at 9 25 this morning thanks to you you booked and I, too, am very much looking forward to that conversation, as I was this one. And, man, you did not disappoint. As always, Frank Morano, great job, buddy. I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I will see you at the Curtis Joe Borelli uh, Peace Summit party. <laughs> ah, yes, Curtis Joe Borelli. Talking about that, my man, Curtis Sliwa. My phone rings 50 times a day. It's always about Curtis. And why not? That is a great American hero. That is the next mayor of New York City. We start our number two with the great Curtis Lewa on the Thursday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What you say? Be just a friend. Oh, you my best friend. 77 WABC. Oi! Little known fact, 1984, 
Curtis Sliwa had sex with Pat Benatar at the Golden Gate Hotel, <laughs> right by the entrance to the Belt Parkway by Knapp Street. When they were having a comic book convention there. That's correct, yes. Curtis, of course, uh, gets huge ratings every weekday, noon to one. Big, big ratings overnights over the weekend. Does great work with me every morning at about 10 after 7. And not a day goes by now. Not a day goes by where people don't say to me, great work teaming up with Curtis, which I'm honored to do. Curtis is out there every night. We'll be out there again later on this afternoon, weather permitting, 5 p.m., parking lot, Toys R Us, right across the street from the golf course on Flappish Avenue. Once again, the Floyd Bennett Field spot. But for the second time in a week, Curtis Lee were back on Staten Island last night. And for what I saw, getting live updates from people like Pat Russo and others, and, of course, pictures of you and Joe Borelli, it was an unbelievable turnout on Staten Island last night, Curtis. So congratulations to you and the fine folks of that great borough. No, no. Congratulations to three people, and I acknowledged all of them from the uh, podium. Because I was the last to speak, which is smart, because it keeps the crowd there. Oh, yeah. I got And you're t- the best. You happen to be the best. I got to tell you, the crowd was not at all happy with a lot of the political speeches, because they kept chanting, where's the plan? And they drowned out some of the elected officials, because that's why you notice when we do rally sit, no politicians. Notice what I say. No politicians because they, 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 they just they, they don't understand. Right. The people are here right. for a reason. You got to right. go right to it. So I acknowledge you, Sid. Got a, you got a standing ovation from everybody. Because <laughs> I said, when you want information, you know where you can go, WABC, round the clock. I acknowledge John Katsimatidis for allowing us to do this. Because he could easily say, guys, no, no, I don't want you doing this. And then, of course, my wife, who, like Pat Benatar, was born in, born in Greenpoint, Greenpoint, yes, where all the Polish people were born, because Pat Benatar was Polish, too. And as you can see, my wife is fighting there every day, doing the deep dive. She She's in the background, but she's bringing all this information to the surface. And then I get to speak to the largest audience in the nation on the Sid Rosenberg Show. And I got to tell you, it took me a half hour to get through the crowd, shaking everybody's hands. Sid, people were crying, crying this yeah. area. Yeah of Grasmere, right near the bridge by Fingerboard Road. It's so gorgeous. It's so beautiful. And they're taking what once was a Catholic uh, girls' school, St. Johnsville Academy, going to put 300 illegal aliens, single able-bodied men in there, right next to these gorgeous homes. You know, I I pride myself on the fact of knowing every square inch of the fibros. This is an area. It's like God's country. It's paradise. Like, as like you my see area. The, yes. And the people were crying. Please, you got to do something. We we want a plan. We want a plan. Well, that's the question I get asked most. They go, look, I love Curtis. I love him. And thank you, Sid, for showing up on Tuesday. But, again, I pale in comparison. Curtis is out every night. Queens, Brooklyn, Staten Island. He goes everywhere. And they ask me the same thing. I love Curtis. I'll vote for Curtis tomorrow. But, Sid, be honest. All these rallies... All these nights, is it really going to help? Are we going to keep? And I don't know. I mean, I know that Joe Biden yesterday approved at least 2,000 able-bodied men to come to Floyd Bennett Field. As far as I know, Staten Island, they're on the way. So well, it's a that, fair question. I got to tell you. First off, we got to fight out, fight off the politicians who spew misinformation out there. 
You know, I hope your councilwoman, Joanne Ariola shows up tonight because she put out a release yesterday that said, oh, it's not a done deal. I saw that. Write to Kathy Hochul, email her. What lady? Are you crazy? That goes into the round filing cabinet. Are you crazy? And, and it is a done deal because, again, if you read Breitbart this morning, forget about Kathy Hochul, forget about Eric Adams, the president, Joe Biden, yes. gave his stamp of approval for at least 2,000 men at Floyd Benefield. So once again, Joanne Ariola yes. is lying. Lady, do us a solid. Stay away from the rally today. Again, I don't care if it's rain, snow, sleet, or shine. I'm going to be there at 5 o'clock in the parking lot of Toys R Us that looks like it's part of apocalypse. It looks like it's been hit with <laughs> scud missiles. There's graffiti everywhere. It's rough. It's rough. It's rough. Uh, uh, across the street from the biggest sand trap in all of America, <laughs> they call it a golf course, Marine but, Park. But, but you went down the block from uh, Nick's Lobster House. Yes. And you're only one traffic light away from King's Plaza. Oh, well, you used to hang out at I the Chess King, baby. Exactly. Chess King. So you got to all come out. You don't have to live in Brooklyn or the Rockaways. Come on out. Last night was the biggest gathering yet. Wow. Thousands. Thousands. Two full blocks. Way down. These are long blocks. Almost going down to Fingerboard Road itself. And I got to tell you, the people were so emotional. So I didn't do the political mumbo-jumbo. Again, that's why when we do rallies, sit, we have no politicians talk. Our rallies. Other rallies, every politician who just discovered this issue gets to talk. Even politicians that agree with us. I mean, I know we kind of, I broke the rule, I'm sorry, when I allowed a councilwoman to speak Tuesday in Brooklyn, but she was on our side. Yeah, and she, she was on patiently. our side. She waited patiently, yes. and she kept her comments. Very short. <laughs> which the rest of these people don't. So... Let's let's deal with the reality of what we're facing. I didn't want to break everybody's heart last night because they finally resolved to knowing Curtis Lee knows what's happening next. I told them they have traitors amongst them. Jimmy Otto, who's the buildings commissioner, who puts all the permits through, who sends his inspectors to verify that this location can now be housing illegal aliens. He's the former borough president, Republican conservative. He was the guy before Vito Bocella, right? Yes, he's, and he is a Judas. He works for Eric Adams. So Eric Adams couldn't find Staten Island with a, uh, a GPS. <laughs> to him, it's crackerland. When, when, you, when you put Staten Island down, you might as well just write for Eric Adams. It's the land of the crackers. <laughs> yeah. And I kicked their ass. Remember what he used to say. So I had to break their hearts because there was another one, former state senator, Diane Savino, 32, a Democrat, left the state Senate to work for Eric Adams at $250,000 as a deputy mayor. In fact, I had to say, you know, I was able to get a piece of paper off her desk. She's sloppy. She leaves it right. They don't realize all these rats at City Hall who hate what's going on there. They feed me information because where did they grow up? Sit, see with Curtis Lee. The City Park, Wolf Pond Park, is now scheduled to house illegals, as is the National Park, Great Kills, on Highland Boulevard. This is in the South Shore. They never thought it would come to the South Shore. You know, everything is always the North Shore, Mid-Island. South Shore never happens. No shelters, uh, no rehab centers. No, no. And now they realize, oh, my God. And I didn't want to break all of their hearts. They're planning to put them in the Staten Island Armory at 321 oh, Manor God, Road. No. Oh, yeah. This this is Eric Adams' revenge with Hoko. And people in Staten Island, I told them this is the plan. 
Number one, the John Katsimatidis plan. Take them all, put them on Rikers Island. John has been saying that since day one. There's no reason. I've been locked up in Rikers Island. There's plenty of room. Half the buildings are empty. Yeah. All you got to do a little rehab of the plumbing, the electricity, the ventilation. They're good to go. Plus, one way in and one way out. Just add to what John said. I've been saying all along, too, to put criminals, homeless, and illegals on Rikers Island. All three. Take the homeless off park benches in Central Park and build them a nice place to live. You've got room for all three of those groups on Rikers Island. And number two. Take the buses that are coming in, turn them around, send them to the National Mall in Washington between the Lincoln Memorial and the Washington Monument. Over, over time in history, my own grandfather was in a tent there after World War I. They promised them bonuses, and President Hoover said, screw all of you guys. They marched to Washington. They were in tents. And then General MacArthur with General Eisenhower and General Patton beat them to a pulp, burned down their tents, and drove them out of the National Mall. So that's number two. And just tell them, hey, it's Papa Chulo who brought you in. Number three, and this was the most important one, and this is why I made amends with Joe Borelli. Because I remember as I was listening to the speeches, I stood with Joe Borelli on Highland Boulevard in Seaview, and both of us were supporting secession. It's Staten Island, which is treated like the Forgotten Island, and now by Eric Adams as Satan Island. Joe Borelli said, Curtis, will you join on board? I was running for mayor. Joe Borelli and the Staten Island GOP had endorsed me. Without them, I could never have run for mayor. I'll always be grateful. I said, absolutely, Joe. You're the borough that gets no play from de Blasio and now from Eric Adams. The case now is greater than ever before. Look, they got four locations. It's a borough of 500,000. The Staten Island Armory, right? Midland Beach, where they kicked out the elderly. St. John's Villa Academy and Fort Wadsworth. That's a borough of 500. Too this much. is Eric Adams' revenge. He looked at the electoral map. 80% of everybody out there voted for me. 80% voted for Zeldin against Hochul. So this is, and that's Trump land, as you know. But isn't that the same thing with my area? People in, uh, by Floyd Bennett Beal, people in my area, Bell Harbor, Naponset, yes. Rockaway Beach, Breezy Point, Broad Channel, they all voted for you and Donald Absolute. Trump, too. So you're telling me, yes. you're telling me that Hochul and Adams look at a map and go, you see these bastards? They voted against us. Send these people there. Creedmoor, You're too. Telling me that? Eastern Queens, too. Creedmoor. That's right. They voted for me. They voted for Zeldin. They voted for Trump. So this is the revenge. They look at the map and they say, we're going to make their lives so miserable. So that's when I looked at Joe Borelli. We both uh, approached one another. We got to join together, man. They've launched a war on us. Ah, listen, I, I like Joe Borelli a lot. You know that. Yes. I love you, but yeah. I like him a lot. And I'm glad that's the case. But but is Joe Borelli still not really an Eric Adams guy, or no. is he not? No, He's I not. think he was shocked because they had promised him they wouldn't do any of this. Just like, remember, Vicky Palladino. Remember I said Vicky is a little naive. I love Vicky Palladino. But don't trust City Hall. Yeah. You can't. And now when Joe Borelli realized they're planning on putting him in the south shore of Staten Island, and when he finds out they're putting him in the armory. He got pissed. Oh, my yeah. God. And he, feels, pa- he feels like they were stabbed in the back. And Vicky Palladino, while you said she may be a bit naive, I'll give her credit, because she was on the same day with me yeah. that Joanne was on. Yeah. And she said, look, my job is to make my constituents happy. She did not. She did not go out of her way to defend the administration. Unlike Joanne Ariola, who said, hey, 
I'm in touch with those people. By the way, Joanne, for a long time, I spoke to Eric Adams more than you do. Yes. Um, and, and I don't want to hear from radio hosts. So Vicky, at least that day, maybe a bit naive, but at least she's on our team. There's and no question about that. Then I went at the Cardinal, Cardinal Dolan, in the most Catholic of boroughs. Well, you know, a lot of the parents there send their kids to Catholic high schools, Catholic elementary schools. Earlier in the day, Cardinal Dolan chastised everybody that attended these rallies. He said we were wrong, that we were we were racist, that we were unaccepting of God's children. Well, let me tell you something, Santa Claus, who drinks beer all day and goes, ha, 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 ha. I ain't yeah. seen you take any illegal aliens into your rectory on Madison Avenue. Or why not the Helmsley Palace across the street? So you're going to chastise your flock, people who are loyal to the Catholic Church. I'm an AMP Catholic. Ashes on Wednesday, palms on Sunday, and then you don't see me for a month of Sundays. And I told everybody, Catholic Charities, it's a racket. Catholic Charities takes federal dollars, goes to the border, and tells the illegal aliens coming in, where do you want to go? Nine out of ten say New York. And then there's Cardinal Dolan there saying, oh, my my children, you're going to fill my pews on Sunday. It's empty. Oh, this is so great. We'll be able to keep the Catholic churches alive. The house of pedophilia, huh? We ain't keeping that alive, Cardinal Dolan. I am your number one enemy. I am a product of Catholic school education. I know what's right. I know what's wrong. If you love these illegal aliens, why don't you go across the border where they don't do anything about pedophilia, huh? You are paying out millions and millions of dollars because your priests have abused children over the years. Churches have gone bankrupt. You're closing Catholic schools, and you want illegal aliens, and you call us racist, and you call us unchristian-like? Cardinal Dolan, to hell to you. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends.
First thing I think of when I hear Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the great Laverne and Shirley. I remember when Penny Marshall died, she played Laverne. I was a mess. And my late great partner, Bernard, <laughs> couldn't believe how upset I was. He's like, why are you so upset? I'm like, Bernie, it's Laverne. He never watched Laverne and Shirley, but he was. And he would bring that up all the time. And he was right. It was as if I lost a sister or an aunt. I loved her. Now, um, Cindy Williams, who played Shirley, she died last year, so they're both dead. You know, Lou, it's <laughs> it's uh, scary. The more I look back at the things that I really loved and still love, how many of these people are gone? I'm afraid at this point to watch my wedding video. I swear to God. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean above and beyond my father. We were just sitting around the other night, Lou. We mentioned 20 people. Now, we're married 31 years. And you're, you're talking about your family? Or are you They're talking all dead. About, family, oh, friends. Yeah, my family's gone, too. Dead. Laverne and Shirley are both dead. Well, I was watching um, Dirty Dancing the other night, and I pointed out there was the scene on the porch where uh, Patrick Swayze and Jerry Orbach are kind of yelling. Both dead. These guys are both gone. Both dead. And it's Patrick just, is still young. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. weird. They're yeah. right there having yeah. a big scene. And I, I got to tell you, uh, if not for Donald Trump, the GOP would be dead, too. Because oh. Oh, that amateur right. show last night was embarrassing. It just was. Frank Morano was nicer about Tim Scott than I'm going to be. He was awful. Great guy. Love him. Everybody is. You want to be honest? Want to be honest? You have a real conversation? Everybody always loves the black conservative. They love that. Oh, my God. Wait, there's a black guy? He's on our side? Really? Dominic Carter's on our side? Tim Scott's on our side? They love it. But given the opportunity to speak last night, he was a disaster. The only people I thought that were okay, if not good, were Nikki Haley and Mike Pence. Now, I don't like Vivek. After he said about Israel last week, I'll never like him because that's how I judge my candidates. I think he's a bit of a of a uh, jerk off. He knows he's a smart guy. So what? He's a smart guy. So what? As I said earlier, he was kind of corny doing his Eminem routine at the Iowa State Fair. Yesterday he did a 1776 mock debate in Milwaukee. Got that big white toothy smile. And he sits there like, I'm the smartest guy in the room, and nobody can buy me. Well, nobody can buy Trump either, Vivek. I don't know what made Vivek Ramaswamy all of a sudden the smartest guy in the world, but I'm not buying him. That's just me. I'm not buying him. So for me, the biggest winner by far, Donald Trump. Nikki Haley, pretty good. Mike Pence, who I don't like very much, pretty good. The rest of that stage, go home. Let's go home. Chris Christie, go home. Asa Hutchinson, go home. Doug Burgum, nice guy, smart businessman, not even bad policy. Go home. I mean, all these people, do us a favor. Either unite around Donald Trump, the only chance we've got to get back to White House, or go home. Ron DeSantis, all chattery with his teeth, grinding really hard and staring at the screen and coming on all tough. He sucked last night. I know about your record in Florida. I like that about you. Great. You're a great governor. A lot of those guys on stage last night talked about being great governors. It was great when Brett Baer had to remind Chris Christie that they had to downgrade New Jersey 11 times. Fatso. A little tired of hearing about Ron DeSantis in Florida. 
My man Trump, 100 million views and still counting. Tucker Carlson. So Brian Kilmeade and Jesse Waters and Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity, they can talk all they want about their big debate. Nobody watched and nobody cares. Because the truth is, none of those people, none of them, have a shot in hell of beating Trump. You can put Trump in prison. It don't matter what you do to him. He's going to win the primary. He's going to win it easily. Now, GE, different story. But last night, that debate, not impressive. The candidates, not impressive. And quite frankly, a waste of time. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. People are going to be upset that Curtis Sliwa just ranted about Cardinal Dolan and the Catholic Churches. I'm not. He's entitled to how he feels, and a lot of what he said is actually true. I heard some cut from Cardinal Dolan yesterday on 1010 Wins. I was going to the gym with Danielle in the afternoon. And he was, um, what was he doing? He was sympathizing with the illegals. They have names, too. They have families, too. I don't care. So what? Criminals have names, too. Not that they're criminals necessarily, but everybody's got a name. Everybody's got a family. Everybody's got a mother. Unless you're a Democrat and believe guys give birth. What do I care if they have a name? He's nothing to me. I don't want him here. So I remember saying to Danielle in the car, man, Cardinal Dolan, he's starting to annoy me, too. But I didn't say it on the air. Now that Curtis went nuts moments ago. I'm going to echo his sentiment. Say, you know what? I'm sick of these religious leaders saying it too. You like them so much, like he said, invite 100 to St. Patrick's Cathedral today. Got plenty of room there. I love that place. I love that place. You guys know I'm the only Jew who actually used to go every Friday. Every Friday. I love it there. I got ashes here three years ago. But you love them so much, take them in. I don't want them. So don't ask me to take him in. I've made it very, very clear. I'm not looking for the best place to put him. I'm not concerned about him. Send him back. I don't want him. My next guest is here every Thursday at this time. And what a career he's had as a great judge, Fox News, his own great podcast every week. I miss my show. He's my friend, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge Knapp, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Excuse me for clearing my throat. I'm fine. How are you? I'm uh, I'm fantastic. I mean, I don't love what's going on in this city. Uh, I mean, I'll go. I'll be going to my second rally in three nights, and I'm a guy that does not do rallies. I don't protest, but what's going on is absolutely unacceptable. But you've been listening all morning long. What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are that the uh, debate last night was like the undercard. You know, it was the warm up act. 
uh, it is clear that Donald Trump is the choice of the uh, Republican Party, the overwhelming choice uh, of the Republican Party. I mean, there's no way, uh, to your point, there's no way you could have watched that debate last night, unless you hate Trump. And Republicans, there are a few that hate him, too. Unless you hate right. Trump, there's no way you can watch that debate last night and go, you know what, that guy, that gal, I can see it. There's no way. I agree with you, and, and I'm I'm sorry to say I couldn't watch the whole debate, not because it was late for me. Like you, I get up very early. It just bored me uh, to death. Uh, I liked when Ron DeSantis said, we're not raising our hands, we're not school children. I thought that question that my friends and former colleagues put to them was dumb and childish. On the other hand, DeSantis is weird. There's something about it I can't put my yes. finger on. Yes, he's like, he was like, he was like, he was like gritting his teeth. He was, uh, right. you know, looking almost angry like, hey, I'm the guy. I don't know what happened, but I'm the guy. Wake up. Right, right. It, it is clear that Trump made the right decision not to go. Uh, it actually helped him politically immeasurably. What will happen to him today will help him immeasurably because whatever crowing there is about the debate will be totally off the front pages uh, by 2 o'clock uh, this afternoon. I mean, I'll be at Newsmax almost all day today to cover what the state of Georgia is doing uh, to the former president. Now, this is not his doing. It's just a coincidence. It's the day after the debate. But he made the right decision not to go. Uh, Chris Christie, as you know, I know you don't care for him. He's been my friend for 30 years. I don't agree with him, but we are friends. I thought he was at his worst uh, last night. I cringed when the crowd uh, booed for him. Uh, I agree with well, you. Well, I, I mean, he, may make, he makes a joke. He tries to convey, uh, compare Vivek to Barack Obama. Does he think our memories are that short, him, him and Obama walking down the beach together after Hurricane Correct. Sandy? Who's he, trying to, who's he trying to kid last night? Agreed. I agree. I agree with you. Uh, it was just not a good night uh, for any of them. This Vivek uh, uh, is, is an articulate, irrepressible guy. He managed to, manages to smile when they, uh, when they insult him. Uh, I thought Mike Pence sounded worse than Cardinal Dolan over the top about his love of Jesus Christ. I'm Catholic. I love Jesus Christ, too, but I don't wear that on my sleeve. You know, you're right about that. Enough of that. God, enough of that. By the way, next Ash Wednesday, you and I are going together. (laughs) (laughs) It's a date. I'm in. I'm in. I love it. No, you're right. I mean, Pence uh, Pence went back to that again last night. But, I mean, I did think Nikki Haley was pretty good. I could have done without because uh, I'm biased. So I'm being honest. Uh, I could have done with. She actually blamed Republicans more than Joe Biden for the deficit and talked about how Republicans are asking for eight uh, billion or trillion and Democrats are asking for less than three. But outside of that, I thought she was okay. I think she uh, distinguished herself as being in the in the first tier of potential vice presidential uh, nominees to run with Trump. Her expertise is in foreign uh, policy. She is fiscally uh, conservative. She's pro-life. She's attractive. She's irrepressible. Uh, I think she distinguished herself 
uh, in that respect. Yeah, but here's where I disagree. You're right about all those things. I can make the same argument for Nancy Mace and Christy Nome and Tulsi Gabbard. Nancy will join me coming up at 8.10, and they're not out right. there killing Trump. She, again, last night, went right after Donald Trump. She talked about the trillion, trillion, trillion dollars in deficit, and she said, hey, let's stop blaming Democrats uh, Donald Trump overspent. So she continues to be very critical of President Trump. And as you know, he don't like that. Right, right, right. Uh, I also have to be a little critical of my friends and former colleagues. Uh, I thought when you have a single moderator like Chris Wallace, who doesn't agree with you and me on anything politically, but he knows how to maintain order and how to ask a question, he doesn't back down. I think having two uh, anchors is not the best for getting the most out of the uh, candidates. But that's a decision of Fox management. I think that uh, Brett and Martha did as good a job as two people can do. But I think it's better when you have one strong personality uh, in charge. What do you think? Yeah, I think so, too. And I'm not a Brett Bear fan anyway because I really was disappointed but the interview he did with Trump a couple weeks ago, I just don't know what what side he's on. I can't tell. I know he's trying to be on, you know, yeah. fair and balanced and all that nonsense but that Fox that pretends a, to be. He's too much for me, Brett Bear. I'm not a big that fan. Was a, that was a brutal interview, but you know what? Events have overtaken it. People have forgotten it. Trump was not on his best day, and Brett was very, very aggressive. And inside the whole uh, of Fox, he was lauded and praised for it. Uh, but it's now history. It didn't tarnish uh, Trump. Uh, people have forgotten it because of events that since have occurred. Trump has taken, and you know that w- when you ask me to analyze these indictments, I tell you that there's serious and there's serious evidence in there, and he has serious legal issues. But look at this politically, if you will, not legally. He has taken these indictments and totally turned them around to his advantage. Rather than resisting uh, going into the bowels of one of the worst jails in the country this afternoon, he's going to go in there with a smile. And that mug shot of his, it's going to be on mugs and T-shirts by 6 o'clock tomorrow morning, (laughs) and the Trump campaign will not be able to sell enough of them. (laughs) I just hope you're right about that. You're right about that. Yeah. I just hope that Biden gets his day you know we uh we held a rally in brooklyn a couple nights ago curtis and i and he was back on staten island last night we're back in brooklyn today and there were a lot of democrats that showed up and they voted for biden and they're very very upset with kathy hochel as they should be and they're very very upset with mayor eric adams as they should be but i'm always quick to remind every one of them that all these issues don't start in brooklyn don't start on staten island they start at the border you want to really direct your anger? Go to Mayorkas and, of course, go to his boss, Joe Biden. And even Democrats are starting to see this, not migrant, not asylum seeker, this illegal crisis is destroying our finest cities. And I hope that that, on top of all the corruption that's out there and all these rumors and the work the House GOP is doing, I really hope Biden sees his day very, very soon, because while the Trump haters are celebrating Giuliani in jail and Trump in going to jail, uh, all that is nonsense. The real criminal is the guy living on Pennsylvania Avenue right now. So I can't disagree with anything you said, except 
I want Joe Biden to run for re-election because that will virtually assure that the Republican will win. Think so. If the Democrats see the light, if they realize that Joe is corrupt, if they realize, as President Trump says, he can't put two sentences together, they will replace him. And then the issue will not be his horrible stewardship of the federal government. The issue will be whoever, whoever the, whoever the nominee is. I want Joe to have to answer for his horrible stewardship so that he is defeated by whoever the Republican nominee is, presumably uh, Donald Trump. Mm. Now, I think a lot of Democrats recognize two issues. One, the center of the Democratic Party is not where it was in the JFK or even LBJ years. It's hard left. And two, Joe Biden is an extremely flawed person. He is ethically flawed, morally flawed, and intellectually and now psychologically flawed. But nobody has the testicular fortitude. There's a phrase for you. I like it. Nobody has the testicular fortitude in the Democratic Party to say, Joe, enough is enough. Yeah, they don't. You're right. So uh, there are two things about me that you probably know already, Judge Napolitano, but you may not. One is I am a, a staunch supporter of the death penalty. I don't care whether it stops the next cycle from killing somebody or not. I like parents and people who have been through tragedy. I like them to have the chance to exact revenge. And I understand, yes, what if it's your father, all that. I don't, listen, you can't make rules and laws based upon your personal feelings. It's for the good of the masses. So I think the death penalty is great. I wish it was in every state. Secondly, I am a fan of torture. You're going to hate me for this. I love it. Oh I don't give a crap if they cut these terrorist balls off with a butter knife, waterboard them, cut their balls off. What do I care? I'm going to worry about how a terrorist feels. And now the thought, the thought that this 9-11 guy is not going to die because of torture, to me, that's torture. They're torturing me, not this guy. So I know you wrote a column, Torture Comes Home to Roost, about this story. But death penalty and torture? Those is what that those those two things is what make America great again. Those two. All right. I I love you as a friend for many, many years. We disagree on those two issues, and I'm glad we continue to love each other and work together even though we <laughs> yes. disagree. Yeah. But the problem with torture is where does it stop and Cares. how do they decide Cares. who to torture? When they Cares. torture somebody, yeah. they can't use anything that person said. So by Bush authorizing torture. He destroyed the case against Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. This guy killed 3,000 people. Now, I don't believe in the death penalty, but if ever there was a candidate for the death penalty, it's somebody who killed 3,000 innocent Americans on 9-11. Now, no death penalty because of the torture, because lawyers are not allowed to defend torture in the courtroom, and Bush and Cheney and their buddies should have known that before they authorized. And this guy's going to this guy. This guy's gonna, wait, but judge, this guy's got a chance at a plea deal. A plea deal. Yes. yes, and the plea deal will be no death penalty. Florence, Colorado, but above Earth. You know, there's two jails at Florence, Colorado. Uh, Kaczynski, before he killed himself, was 250 feet below the surface of the Earth. He never saw the light of day. College Sheikh Mohammed is negotiating for a jail cell above the earth so that he sees the light of day and can have a religious experience 
with his uh, fellow characters that are there every single day of the week. That's the parameters of the negotiation going on right now because they cannot defend the torture. Is there enough evidence to convict him and execute him without the torture? Yes. So the government, which you say is torturing you, tortured itself by destroying its own case. That's what my column points out. And the American public, particularly New Yorkers, need to know that. No, you did a very good job, and that's why sometimes I don't talk to lawyers, because the law doesn't benefit me. <laughs> it just doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I'm being serious. I, I, uh, I don't care what the law says. I mean, I want to I be the guy to pull the trigger on the Tsarnaev bastard, too. There's no question whether or not he did it, the Boston bombings. His brother died that night. Why am I paying taxes for this guy to continue to live? I want him dead, just like the poor little boy he blew up at the finish line at the Boston Marathon. I want that mother ever dead. I understand uh, that argument, but if we just keep killing people, there'll be no end to it. Government so killing. Good, good. Of Let's killing. Do it. Let's do it. Locked in a cage for the rest of his life. He's not a danger to anybody. Yeah, kill All him right. anyway. I'm, 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 you changed my mind. I appreciate your <laughs> Judge, you're great. I love you. It's always a fun and really, really smart conversation. I'll watch you on TV later on today, pal. Thank you so much. All the best, my man. Thank You're the you. Best. You're great. Judge Napolitano. <laughs> I do enjoy our conversations, and we do tend to disagree, but I'm going to tell you what. As soon as he hung up the phone, he's like, you know what? I'm for the death penalty and I'm for torture. <laughs> Still to come, Nancy makes the great Bill O'Reilly. My man, Bo Deedle, and a very interesting conversation coming up. With a guy that Giuliani put in jail. And now he wrote the forward for Giuliani's book, Michael Franzis. Two more hours. Keep it right here. Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. It's a little bit funny, this feeling inside. I'm not one of those who can easily hide. I don't have much money, but boy, if I did, I'd buy a big house where we both could live. I was a sculptor, but then again, no, or a man who makes potions in the traveling show. I know it's not much, but it's the best I can do. My gift is my song, and this one's for you. Tell everybody This is a song It may be quite simple But now that it's done I hope you don't mind I hope you don't mind That I'll put down the words 
If last night, the great Elton John, your song, what a beautiful, beautiful song. If last night was, in fact, an audition to be Donald Trump's running mate, guess who won? You know, I've been saying all morning long, the person who won the debate last night was Trump. He wasn't even there. He won by a wide margin. Well, my next guest may have won the running mate part last night. She wasn't there either. But, but, the very first commercial break. On that Fox News debate last night, she was the first face that you saw right before Lindsey Graham from the same great state of South Carolina. It's my dear friend, a very, very impressive young politician, the lovely Nancy Mace. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, sir. How are you this morning? Did you stay up and watch the whole thing last night? I did. I till 11 o'clock, and I had to be up at 3.30 in the morning, and I'm a little tired and uh, even more angry today than usual. And what, really made, and what really made me angry, too, Nancy, was these are my people. I'm a Republican, and I was hoping mm-hmm. that somebody, somebody, I know Trump is the man. You know I know how I feel. Somebody was going to jump out at me. I know Nikki and Tim are both from your state, and you love them, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. There were some better than others, but nobody jumped off the screen last night and said to me, I'm worthy of giving Donald Trump a decent fight. Nobody. Yeah. Well, you look at the viewership last night alone. I mean, his interview had over 100 million views and counting as of midnight. And so it's clear in the polling and the the attention that he's getting, clear front runner. Anybody who wants to deny that is is denying reality. Um, last night, of course, you know, I love Nikki and Tim. I thought, you know, if you're a South Carolinian, you should be really proud this morning about how they handled themselves in the debate stage. And I got to tell you, I said, I love watching a strong woman dispense of her opponents like it's nobody's business. <laughs> oh, I know so, you do. As yeah. a woman, I yeah. enjoy yeah. that. Like, yeah. I love to debate. I love vigorous debate. It, you know, I, I enjoyed that a little bit. Strong women, strong leadership. You don't have to agree with with her on everything, but um, I did love watching her dispense of others on the stage. Well, I, I will tell I, you that though, she, she for me was the most. It. She was the most impressive. I said that this morning. I mean, great. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm sorry to, to say this to you, but I thought Tim Scott was awful, not bad, awful, and any real designs that Trump had of making him his his uh, running mate that had to end last night. That's my opinion. But I did think Nikki was uh, was very good. She did make the point when they were fighting the men that this is why you know whoever she quoted about women. That's why women should be in charge. And I thought she did a good job going back and forth with Vivek. Uh, she did. She did come out. I was surprised about this, though, Nancy, and shut down the Republican Party when it came to the deficit. She said, hey, you want to be honest? It's not Joe Biden's fault. It's our fault. What do you think about it that? And she's, she's the only one on stage that admitted the facts and admitted the truth because it's been Republicans and Democrats alike for decades that got us into this mess. Just look at the debt ceiling fight. That we just had Republicans added $20 trillion of debt over the next decade, or 18.2, if we're being specific. Uh, we're going to have $50 trillion of debt under Republicans' ma- majority in the House in 10 years if we keep it that way. And, and so, like, I like the clarity and the honesty because if we're being honest, this election is going to be decided by independent voters, by purple districts and purple states. It's a district like mine, where we have a plurality of independent voters. They outnumber Republicans and Democrats. And there's not, I mean, there's, it's not always black and white 
uh, red or blue, Republican or Democrat. There's a lot in the middle, a lot of gray, and a lot of blame to put on both sides of the aisle when it comes to spending. Anybody that says otherwise is not telling you the truth. Fair First enough. thing you have to do is admit it's fault. That's fair, and she did uh, make mm-hmm. that point, Nikki Haley, last night, Nancy. Now, I want you to explain to me, because I can't figure it out, the mm-hmm. this unbelievable uh, celebratory nature of Vivek. Now, I told you this morning when he came out and said what he said about Israel and Taiwan a couple of days ago, that blew it for mm-hmm. me. But even before that, I know he's a smart guy. I get it. Trump supporters, every time he spoke last night, they went nuts. I can't figure it out. Tell me what I'm missing. Well, I think, you know, when Trump came along in 2016, he had this air of authenticity. It, it was real. He was telling you what he believed from his heart. He wore his heart on his sleeve. And wasn't poll tested, wasn't a caricature of himself, wasn't just repeating talking points or pablum. And Vivek, I believe, is resonating. And I think his numbers will rise in the polls after the debate last night for people who watched it because this this individual, he's he's authentic. He's telling what he believes to be the truth. Even if you disagree, I think people will look beyond some of his positions, which some of them are untenable in a general election. But because he's just so real and comes across as honest and authentic, that's what's resonating with people. Because, you know, America doesn't trust Congress. They don't trust the White House. We've given them no reason to. And so when someone comes across and you feel like he didn't prep for the debate tonight, he's just coming out as Vivek himself, you know, people have a lot more trust and faith in that person, even when they disagree with him. And I think that's the fascination. That's the interest. He was unlike anybody else on stage last night. He just came across as very authentic and i think that's that that says a lot i think about the process as well um but the other thing that i noticed too last night is that you know i come from a very purple district and even you know the former president we don't always see eye to eye on things but you know no one on the stage is willing to say hey you know may disagree with him you know from a personality perspective but you know here are all the things he did policy wise that were good for our country my reminding people that we had the lowest unemployment rate for black and brown African-Americans and women under his presidency, that we did um, criminal justice reform in the, in the form of prison reform in a bipartisan way in December of 2018, that he rolled back regulations, that he reduced taxes. And those tax redu- reductions are going to expire very soon. And no Republican on stage talked about what they would do to get those back to mm. hardworking middle class Americans. And so that part was really missing for me. You don't have to agree with him personally. But the policy matters. And, and and so that was sort of interesting to me. And the other thing is that no one really showed what they would do to roll back Biden's failed policies. Like there was no contrast between Joe Biden and the candidates on stage. And that, I think, was a fail. And that next time, I hope that we can talk about what Joe Biden has done to this country yep. and how we are going to fix it. Well, let's stop right here. That's all uh, I want to know. Well, let's do it right now. The first thing you already explained, uh, you talked about Trump. They didn't make the points, but you did very eloquently. And you didn't even put in there the Abraham Accords, peace in the Middle East, right. no war in Ukraine, all the other great things Trump did. The second part, Biden, his failures and what we can do about it. Make believe you're on stage right now. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> Nancy Mace, you've got the floor. Biden's failures. How do we fix it? Well, you have to, number one, you know, roll back all the, the the bureaucracy that we have. These bureaucrats are making decisions and rules and policies that were not meant to be done in statute. And addressing the regulatory state, addressing the bureaucratic state, 
making sure that when, you know, we have bureaucrats that get in charge and they have too much power, they can be fired from their jobs. Like if you can fire federal employees, we wouldn't be in the situation that we are in today. Um, you got to fire these guys at the top, like Mayor Garland and, and Christopher Ray and all those guys that are part of the corrupt system that is running the federal government. Because it's not so much about the elected officials. They're just the face. It's the bureaucrats that are, that are running this country into the ground. Um, the second thing that we've got to do is address the spending. Like, if you don't say to Congress, I'm not signing this until you balance the budget, whether it's 15, 16, or 20 years, Nothing else matters. I went to the grocery store last weekend. I spent almost $500 for food for my kids and I for the week at the grocery store just doing meat, fruit, and vegetables. And so the spending issue, we have got to take back control of the out-of-control spending. And the president is the only person that can do that. Um, And then, you know, women's issues, of course, uh, showing that balance between you know, Democrats want to deny they're up, you know, they, they, they're not, they don't support abortion up to birth, but Roe allowed that to happen. And so where is the middle ground on that? How are we going to protect women who've been raped? And a president and vice president can give that direction to the Congress and say, we need to protect women. And this is how we do that. And so whether it's a Republican or uh, House or Senate or Democrat, et cetera, showing that you can lead a nation out of crisis is going to be paramount and not to mention the foreign policy issues that we have. And, and right now we're in a very partisan primary nomination process. But once we get beyond that, we've got to show how we can work to move the ball forward. I just got back from an international delegation. And when we are so divided as a nation the way that we are right now, we look so weak on the world stage. We look weak with Biden. We look weak when we're fighting. And showing a little bit of strength through peace and through building up our defenses, you know, we have a lot more ability to keep the world safer and that's what i would be doing i couldn't but I'm agree not more on the stage. No, but you, <laughs> i'm not on the stage i, I, I am just watching on the <laughs> i wish you were because you were just significantly better than any of the people i watched last night on stage 60 mm-hmm. to 90 Very seconds nice. to go yeah. nancy you're great as always uh, i know you uh, work alongside jim jordan and jim comer and all those folks mm-hmm. that are trying to uh, put biden in prison where are we with the oversight committee with the house Continuing the investigation, and just this week, the Washington Post started to cover the disastrous issue of the corruption, of the money laundering, of the bribery by the Biden family. We have got to uncover every piece of evidence we can in short order, and we have to share it with the American people. You know, Congress itself is not trusted. We've given the people no reason to trust us. But I hope they will trust the evidence as it comes out. We have to show through bank records that these SARS reports, these devastating SARS reports were real and show, you know, if Joe Biden was doing everything on the up and up, why did he lie about his interaction with his son and his son's business partners and his son's companies and their clients? Why did he have to use a pseudonym if everything was above board? And so, you know, we've got to show all these things. It's going to take time. I'm standing right by Jamie Comer's side and Jim Jordan's side to show the American people the truth. If you could see what I have seen, you would be asking yourself, why isn't this guy in prison? Right. And, you know, I, I, I represent a very independent district. Ran into a voter yesterday afternoon, not Republican, not Democrat, not a supporter of, of Donald Trump. But even he is coming around and he's saying, hey, the double standard here, the way Joe Biden is, is treated versus Donald Trump is not acceptable. Uh, you know, and he's probably going to end up supporting the former president. I mean, he's that angry about it. He's not even Republican. I mean, that's where we're headed. I'd love to hear that. Uh, by the way, Saturday is the start of college football season. 
And uh, what I want to do this year is uh, go down to your state and uh, go to that steakhouse that you met my daughter Ava at, you, that you took her to. Yep. And then uh, you oh, and I go to a, a mm-hmm. Clemson football game together. How about that? We can make that happen. I would love that. Let's do it. <laughs> is it Clemson or, or South Carolina? Which uh, team do we like better? Well, it's the Citadel, baby. It's the oh, Citadel. Oh, that's right. You went to Citadel. <laughs> There's only that's one. Right. <laughs> There's only one. <laughs> Citadel. Hey, listen, uh, great job as always. I love having you on this show. You really are terrific. And I'll say it again. You won last night because you moved even closer to being Donald Trump's running mate. So thank you, Nancy Mace. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Have a great day. You too. There she is out of South Carolina, Nancy Mates, back on Sid and Friends in the morning. Still lots more to do. Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, and Michael Franzese Thursday morning. Elton John, Sid and Friends in the morning. So excuse me if again, but these things I do, you see I've forgotten. In the morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. Uh, Rolling Stones classic is on the same album as Start Me Up, right? Hank Byer? Well, I think so, right? You're right. I know my Rolling Stones. I like Arthur Idala. Rolling Stones, Hank Byer. Uh, today is the day that legendary Rolling Stones drummer, Charlie Watts, part of that great group, Charlie Watts, died on this date. How many years ago did, uh, good morning, Sophia. How many years ago did uh, Charlie pass away? Two years. Oh, that was two years ago. That's two right. Years already, yes. And then it came out all those stories. The story where I guess they were in a hotel and he went to see um, Keith Richards. And uh, or Jagger and Richards were out late one night drugging and partying. And Charlie actually stayed back at the hotel. And they came back and Charlie got pissed off. So they punched. I think he punched Mick Jagger across the face. Oh, yeah. That, that yeah. I, I remember that story. Yeah. Yes. 
Charlie was uh, trying to keep the band together. These guys are getting whacked every night. Yeah. Kind of like me and Scott Kaplan. <laughs> I was Mick Jagger in that case. Okay. And Keith Richards. I've always thought of you in that role. Yeah, same thing. Sort of. sure. The way you dance, too. Yeah. It's great. Hang Fire. You like that song? Hang. What is your favorite Rolling Stones song? Let's see. That's a... It's got to be Jumpin' Jack Flash. No. Really? No, because of the movie? Yes. Michael Keaton, Night Shift. You like Music Kid? Eh, 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 eh. It's almost, a great scene. That almost turned me off to the song. Oh. What about Angie? No. No. What about no, um, Under uh, My uh, Thumb? Um, they're getting closer. Let's see. I like I like stuff on the Black and Blue album, like... Um, uh, memory Motel. Oh, I, I love that too. Yeah. I love, wow, we're getting huge numbers this morning. John Katzimatidis just sent me a text. Jeez. Wow, big, big number. Well, listen, we've had a great show. Right? Starting with Frank Morano to Curtis Sliwa, Judge Napolitano, Nancy Mace, and we still have three great guests to come. Three. Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, and a really, you're going to love Michael Franzese, trust me. Michael Franzese was a legitimate uh, Colombo crime guy. And in fact, Rudy Giuliani put him away. And now, years later, Michael and Rudy are best friends. Michael wrote the forward to Rudy's book, and he's going to tell you why this whole indictment in and around my friend Rudy is a complete sham. So what was uh, what was the answer? Oh, from my, yeah. uh, my song? Yeah. Uh, I also like um, You Can't Always Get What You Want. That's a good one. You can't always get what you want. <laughs> as they, as they say in Satisfaction? The, as they say in High Fidelity, if you ever saw High Fidelity. I think I did, but John, I was high. John Cusack? Yeah, I, I did see movie? it. Yeah. yeah. As they say in that movie, uh, immediate disqualification because it's association with the big chill. That's right. Very good. I think it, because it's. Who played, that, who played the dead body that you never saw in the big easy. chill? What's the answer? Kevin Costner. Very good. Yeah. You know what just uh, aggravated me talking about Rudy and Michael Franzese? I want to talk to Rudy. I know Andrew's coming on tomorrow, but get Rudy too. They took his mug shot in Georgia yesterday, and he looks pissed. Rudy, baby, don't do that. The terrorists win. I want you to smile for the camera like, F you. This arrest is such bullshizzle, I'm going to smile. In fact, give him the finger. Don't sit there looking upset like you're angry or sad. Then they win. Yeah, it'd be like Johnny Cash coming on this off the right. stage. Right. Johnny Cash. Perfect. Perfect, right? Even Michael Keaton, back to the movie Night Shift. Remember, he had to fix his hair. Or he, he could put <laughs> those headphones on like Michael Keaton had on. <laughs> no, I mean this. Yeah. All, all of my Republican friends, Rudy, Sidney Powell, Trump, all these folks being unfairly indicted. Really disgusting. Gross. Smile. Ham it up, baby. This is such crap. You're not going to upset me. Can we get Rudy to take that picture again somehow? Can he go back to Atlanta, Fulton County? It's like a photo studio. I didn't like the picture. I'm going back. Like you think I could just let me take that again? I mean, my. What do you think Trump? What do you think Trump does today? Oh, how he if he takes the he has to take. Yeah, is he going to smile? He's going to give that little that frown. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've got two bug shots of my own. I didn't smile in either one. But the last one, I was really miserable. Make America thought my career was over. No, I didn't have him. No, back then, it was before oh, Trump. Right. No, I'm not yeah. talking about Trump. Oh, you, oh, you mean Donald. You can wear it backwards, too. That would be yeah. hilarious. All right, listen, we got three great guests to come.
It's been a uh, tremendous show. We're covering everything out there, folks, all of it for you. And there is not one segment, not one, on this station all week long. This is a statistical fact that gets better ratings than O'Reilly and Rosenberg. And guess what? It's next. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. So the only way to watch a debate is to watch the debate and have your handheld device, handheld device, right next to you. Because if you did that last night, you could have watched the debate, and as the debate was going on simultaneously, in real time, watch Bill O'Reilly's great tweets on the debate. Everything from the introductions to how they dressed to the Vex, the Vex white teeth, to how sophomoric Chris Christie was, all in real time. Bill O'Reilly last night was brilliant. Of course he was, tweeting during the debate. So he was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best, whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights on WABC or his own website, BillOReilly.com. Great TV shows, great interviews, great columns, the Killing Series, or... The big show coming up October 27th at the Paramount Theater in Huntington, Long Island, starring O'Reilly and Rosenberg. There is nobody better than Bill O'Reilly. With that said, here he is on this big post-debate Thursday, my friend Bill. Good morning, Bill. Hey, Sid. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, I know you listen throughout the day. Um, Quickly, I'll tell you, the guy that won for me last night wasn't on stage. His name is Donald Trump. For the most part, I was very unimpressed, specifically Tim Scott and Ron DeSantis. But what do I know? People want to hear from you. What did Bill O'Reilly see last night? Well, a lot of canned responses. And uh, the only guy who was not canned was uh, Ramaswamy, who I believe uh, should host the Today Show. That's I was right. definitely Right. I like that. I um, mean, he's got he's got the nice white teeth. He likes to smile. He is. Yeah, I got yeah, got to get his dentist name, um, <laughs> and I'm glad he's there because he injects at least some humanity into the proceedings. So this is uh, this debate format is uh, now obsolete, and I'll tell you why. It's because the moderators they were mediocre last night. I mean, and I'm not trying to offend anybody, but they asked predictable questions. But they can't follow up on the questions. So you get uninterrupted answers, which I guess is okay, but they're not going to answer your question, uh, which they didn't. And Ramaswamy at least was up there throwing hand grenades into the establishment um, and trying to shake it up a little bit. Now, anybody who would vote for Vivek for president is blank and nuts. Right, idiot. All right, this guy, you, you. I mean, he wants Come to on. be an isolationist. Um, it, it's all of that. Um, so, but when he went out and said, hey, you're all super PAC puppets, I love that. That was That good. was the greatest. Yeah, yeah that was right? good. Yeah. Um, but he's not a, he, all he is is somebody who's trying to get famous. 
and, and he will succeed in doing that. Now, if I had to vote today, if somebody said, O'Reilly, you have to cast a ballot on the Republican side today or you'll be forced to move to San Francisco. Oh, God, um, no. I would vote for DeSantis, not based on his performance last night, because he is kind of an automaton. You know, it's not he's not the guy who you could just envision mussing up his hair and all of that. And I loved, I loved they all had their, their dark jackets and the white ties, uh, the white shirts <laughs> and the red ties. Yeah. Is this the official uniform of the uh, Knicks? What is this? So anyway, but the reason that I would cast a ballot for uh, the governor of Florida is because he has run that state efficiently. And he has fired two district attorneys who refused to obey the law. And he's kind of walked the walk here. He was ahead of the curve on COVID. He looks to me like he's the thinker. Now, you wouldn't really know that unless you know his background, unless you know that, because he comes across as very flat, very bland. Um, and, and people in this day and age want their politicians to be rock stars like Trump. I mean, Trump's ruined everybody for everything. He's just ruined it. It's true. Because he's so yes. crazy. Yeah, and you don't know what he's going to do. And right. he's going out with his hair that starts at his elbow and goes all the way up top. And, and, you know, I mean, he's ruined it. So when a guy like Tim Scott is a decent man, I think he's a smart man. I think that Trump would be wise to put him on the VP side. Um, when he goes on and he's earnest and he's trying to tell you, yes, I would – if I don't improve your lives, okay. We believe you, Tim, but you're not ready. Yet. He was terrible. He was terrible. And I disagree about him being a good VP guy because when you look at the analytics, and you're much smarter than me, I'll give it to you. When you look at the analytics where Donald Trump is still, still not doing well, is suburban housewives. Tim Scott does nothing for that. So go talk to Christy Nome or Tulsi Gabbard or Nancy Mason, just had her on, or any one of these, maybe, maybe not Carrie Lake, she's a bit rough. But he needs, my opinion, a woman next to him to try to help him in those suburban housewife households. Okay, that's an excellent observation on Rosenberg's part, everyone. But no matter what Trump does, He's not going to get the suburban housewives. No matter what. No matter. No matter. You put Miley Cyrus on the second. You can do whatever you want. They hate you. Yeah. All right. So I'm saying independent male voters, um, African-American voting blocks. I don't know whether Scott can cut through that, but Scott himself, uh, is is a decent man. He's serving his country well. I would consider him. You make a good point, but I'm I, I just don't see those suburban women. I don't see him coming over. No, you're probably However, right. The, you're probably right. The Democrats have nobody. Right. Um. So maybe maybe that's the calculation. But anyway, if you go if you look last night, and it was a painful watch. I mean, I'm, I was try, I was going back to the Mets, who of course folded in Atlanta, and I'm going, which is more painful, watching the Mets lose yeah. seven to nothing, yeah. or watching Chris Christie call people names? I don't know which is more painful. It's now, true. Christie is an interesting cat, as Dennis Miller might say. He's smart. He is, and he understands the issues, um, but he is. 
so out there as far as aggression is concerned. I mean, I'm an aggressive guy. I know that. I'm a type A. But Christy makes me look like Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> I mean, he's probably, yeah. He is. He's so I, I angry. He's so angry. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, I thought he was going to lift up the lectern and smash it on his <laughs> I know. And then, and then, of course, he really embarrassed himself when he compared Vivek to Barack Obama because he was using that in a negative fashion. And everybody remembers, just like the traffic on the GW Bridge, just like him sitting at the beach when he closed the beaches, everybody remembers the photo of Christie and Obama, like a Burt Lancaster movie, walking hand-in-hand hand down the beach after Hurricane Sandy. If I was him, I'd think twice about using Barack Obama in negative fashion. You know, uh, that photo on the beach after the, uh, Christie banned everybody from going there, I immediately found out who the maker of that beach chair was, <laughs> and I got five of them. <laughs> no, I mean, look. Oh, my God. He barely right. fit. You know? He barely fit. And I, I still got them. They're still <laughs> usable here. They're talking about dur- durability. Oh, anyway, um, Trump, he doesn't have to wear, sweat it today. He, I mean, he's down in Georgia getting indicted and, and all that. And that, that's just a big dog and pony show. I, I just want to reiterate, reiterate one point about Georgia that everybody, some people might have missed. 159 counties in the state. Okay. 159 district attorneys, not one signed on with Fannie to, to say or bolster her, write an amicus brief. Yes, the Trump crew came in and did something illegal here in Georgia. Not one. So that shows you that this is an unbelievably contrived situation down there, hyped by the media beyond belief. Um, now, I heard a rumor that if Trump is reelected, he's going to put all of uh, MSNBC in a plane <laughs> and shoot it down. Did you hear that rumor? I did hear that. I yeah. where he get that idea. Well, yeah, right. I mean, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I, I, I distinctly remember that Saturday afternoon. My wife came running home, Danielle, your friend Bill, and she's like, oh, the, the guy's going after Putin. They're going to get Putin. I go, some rinky-dink army is going to go into Moscow and kill Putin? Are you nuts? This guy, whoever this guy is, because I didn't know, I'll be honest, I'm like, all he did just now was sign his own death certificate. So it took two months, but the bastard's dead. That night, I went on, uh, you know, we do uh, the No Spin News on BillOReilly.com, and it's, you know, on DirecTV. It's all over the place now. I predicted this, but it was exactly two months to the day. Yeah. That this guy, you know, marched on Moscow. But I'm I'm sitting here going, how dumb is this guy? Oh God! I mean, oh right, God! Right. So he, I mean, he 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 embarrasses Putin all over the world. Okay. Yeah. And then he then he goes to Moscow, and Putin goes, "Hey, let's be friends. Yeah. I want to let's make up." <laughs> you I, know, yeah, okay. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know what was dumber, this guy's thoughts or the media that was covering it that day. Like this guy had a legitimate chance to actually overthrow Putin. Like, what are you right. talking about? Are you nuts? Right. So anyway, um, Putin hasn't even denied. It. Putin doesn't even, bo- doesn't even bother denying anything anymore. <laughs> you know, he's just a big cat grin going, oh, yeah, I, I don't know. It must have been a uh, little fuel-wine thing. You know? <laughs> that was me. i tell you one thing. You're talking about Georgia, though. The thing I was happy to see 
was, uh, you know, I love Rudy. Rudy works at the station. He's a close personal friend, and he's taken a beating. He's admitted that on this show. He has lost millions and millions of dollars in defending himself. He's really in trouble. And I'm happy to see that Trump next week is going to have that big fundraiser for Giuliani in Bedminster. Oh, yes. That's a good deal, right? Um, I'm sorry about the uh, the dog, but the, the dog is, uh, I just held up a picture of Vipak <laughs> Ramaswamy, and the dog is going nuts. The dog's a big Vivek supporter. Hey, Holly, knock it off. My <laughs> not coming over. Not today. Now, that was uh, that Giuliani fundraiser is because of me. I hope everybody knows that on WABC. Uh, because last week I said that, um, publicly, and, and I know Trump heard it. Um, look, this is a matter of friendship. It's not a matter of politics. not a matter of your bank account. Um, you got to help them. And, you know, of my 30 years of knowing Trump, 30 years plus, he's a decent man in, in these you know, you may hate him and, and all of that, and that's fine. I never – I'm not in business to uh, basically defend him or be his lawyer. But he has been a loyal friend um, to a lot of people. So I was very happy to see uh, that happen. I think it's Thursday night at Bedminster, uh, New Jersey. I don't think Chris Christie is going to be there, by the way. Um, but Giuliani's going to get some money. And, you know, it's a horrible situation. As you said, his whole life is upside down. It really is terrible. So when do you think, if it ever happens, do you think that some of these Republicans, I know it sounds silly because they're in it to win it. I get it. That's why they're on stage last night. But some of these guys, I mean, Asa Hutchinson, really? Doug Burgum, really? Christie's even pulling at 2%. I know New Hampshire has been okay, but stop. Do you think they'll come a day, maybe soon, where they decide to uh, call it a day and maybe even unite around Trump, even if they don't like him? For the better of the party? Yeah, I do. Um, I don't think Biden's going to be the nominee, as we've discussed before. Um, uh, he, it would be almost inconceivable that he, they're going to get him uh, in the House of Representatives. They're going to get him. And because he did it. He did it. He enabled his family to accumulate tens of millions of dollars. Can I ask you a question? Because because when I brought this up to you about two, about a month or two ago, and I was convinced he did it. You were like, Sid, 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 you may be right. I need the evidence. Now, the last couple of times you've come on, you've said without any hesitation, he did it. What was yeah. the evidence for you that's made you believe that now? The bank records. The bank records clearly show that this was a pattern of behavior. And then when a Biden, Hunter Biden's uh, pals go on and say, yeah, he was at this uh, dinner. He picked up the phone here. Come on. I mean, you got to be a moron not to know what happened. <laughs> right. And it, it's not a matter of writing a check to Joe Biden, but he benefited in a number of ways. Um, and those ways, I believe, are going to be exposed. So it's going to get worse and worse and worse. It's, it's just like Nixon. It's the same thing. I mean, every week we're going to see another thing that um, basically pinpoints this grift. And, and don't tell me that Joe Biden didn't know about this. He knew about it. I mean, he he wasn't back then. He was a lot more cogent than yeah. he is now. Now yeah. he's just in the. I mean, did you see him fall asleep at Maui? <laughs> I, yeah. Not only fall asleep, I mean, but 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 his comments talking about that he made up the story about the fire, and then of no, course he fell asleep 
Sid. I know. He fell asleep. I no. know. His head went down, his eyes closed, <laughs> and then if you've ever been in a boring biology class, everybody knows what I'm talking about. All right? Your head goes down, eyes go, and then you jerk up like when they hit you with the frog. Right. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But his guy, he's not going to be the nominee. So then you're going to have absolute chaos. And then back to your original question, the Republicans are going to go, okay, Trump has the best chance and carry into the Senate and to the uh, House so we will get power. Um, the final point I want to make, and by the way, I'm going to bring Biden up at our show on October 27th in the Paramount Theater in Huntington. To show you the difference between a real working class, real working class people, you and me, and him, because he purports to be Joe from Scranton and all that. Please. Okay. And I'm going to say, look, this is what real working class people stand for. It's not Joe Biden. I'm not going to do a lot of politics that night. But I am going to bring that in because Good. it's a New York state of mind. Yes. And we're going to be talking about our upbringings and how, by, against all odds, particularly for Rosenberg, <laughs> we've been successful. <laughs> how that happened here in New York. All right. So that's that's the essence of the show. By the way, there are about 100 tickets available. I know it's the end of summer and you're distracted and all that, but you'll never forget this show. And there's some, a lot of celebrities coming. It's going to be a nice night. But anyway, uh, Trump, he's, believe me, he's mad that he has to go to Georgia and go through this indignity tonight. But he's happy because that debate last night really didn't advance anybody's cause. No. Not only that, but he did an interview with Tucker Carlson. He's got over 100 million views already, Bill. I mean, he's destroying the audience that Fox News got last night. So they weren't very good. He has nothing to worry about, and on numbers alone, he won the night anyway. How about that? Well, we'll see. I mean, those numbers on that internet stuff, you know, you know how. That oh, that's is. true. That's true. But yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. it's it's like Hunter Biden's account. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he only made five dollars on good. the deal. No. Very good. Very good. Well, uh, listen. Uh, if I'm Rudy, I wake up this morning because you mentioned it. The Mets shut up by the Braves last night, seven nothing in Georgia. So the Mets may have had a worse day in Georgia than Rudy Giuliani did yesterday. It's close. That's an excellent point. And I'm thinking about having Fanny indict a few of the Mets. <laughs> you know? Now you're talking. That's right. Indict yeah, the Mets. Fanny, Fanny is indicting everybody. I'm not going down to Atlanta because I'll be indicted. All right? If we go down, if we did a show in Atlanta, you know, at Georgia's state of mind, Fanny would have us in cuffs. <laughs> That's great. Hey, Bill, a magnificent, not good, not great, magnificent appearance today, as always. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll do it again soon. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for having me, Sid. Come on. You're the best. Bill O'Reilly, another great segment. You know what's great about Bill O'Reilly, too, is not only is he great, but then we, we put together this one-two punch. We go right from Bill O'Reilly to Bo Deedle, and everybody loves Bo Deedle. If you're, if you're a New Yorker, if you're a great American... You love Bo Deedle. So I'm sorry, folks. You cannot go wrong on a Thursday morning with me going from O'Reilly to Deedle. And we're doing that next.
77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Crazy. Damn right they're crazy. We're not crazy. Well, I don't know. You know, sometimes crazy and smart, they're kind of very, very similar. And I go from Bill O'Reilly to Bo Deedle every Thursday. I don't know how you do better than that. He's on Tuesdays uh, by the phone, 740. Comes live in studio every Thursday at 9.05. Looks gorgeous today. Gray suit, blue shirt, white collar, perfect tie, diamond-studded American flag, beautiful couplings, and a great watch. Same American flag he gave to Eric Adams, big penis, yes. Same flag he gave to Eric Adams, which Adams left in Tel Aviv, by the way, on his way back uh, to New York this morning. Great cop, great actor. Most importantly, folks, nobody more loyal. I'll tell you something right now. You mess with Sid Rosenberg, you're dead. Because <laughs> Bo Deedle will kill you in 30 seconds. I'm not even kidding. My man, Bo Deedle, good morning, buddy. Uh, let's not talk about killing because there's no statute of limitations. So let's, let's take that off the table, Sid. All right. I'm all fired up. I love coming in. And I, I, I heard about the spike that we get from somebody. I don't to tell you who. We get a real spike on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yes, and we do. That's because John put together the A-team. You are the A team. Okay, Thank you. let's go right to it. A little birdie is telling me something. I didn't. I didn't hear Doctor Siegel say it the other day. Yes, but yeah. I heard by September the uh, the uh, federal government's going to be requiring all employees to wear masks. Here we go. It's hammer time. It's COVID time. Let's destroy the people of America. Take away their rights. And by December, everybody be wearing a face mask. You know what this is about? This is the democratic strategy to control. They want to control America. They figure, you know what? It won't surprise me if there's another uh, kind of scare that there's another uh, a COVID thing coming. Hide under your beds, everybody. Wear a mask. Kill yourself. Jump out the window. This is their strategy yes, to take and, the rights away. But it ain't going to well, happen. Hold on. Let me take a step further because not only is the federal government behind it, the governor, Kathy Hochul, is all for it. And not just wearing masks. Are you ready for this? Because I heard this yesterday. I brought yeah. it up with Dr. Mark Siegel. Another lockdown. Oh. Don't be surprised by if next December, before Christmas, you can't leave your house again. Oh, I, I, I see that coming. Now, more very important, like I watched the, the whole debate last night. I went to Sparks. I got a couple of lamb chops. Did you really? Yeah, yeah I, was, I actually <laughs> sat at the bar by myself, and then somebody popped up. I'm not going to tell you who. But I had some good guy, Chris Seeger, a big lawyer. Everybody was there. But the point is that... Uh, when I was there, I said, let me go home and watch the whole thing. I watched it. I wasn't crazy about it. I think it was out of control. The moderators did not control that. I mean, when I debated Big Bird, it was me and Malatakis and Big Bird. I was having to chop them up and go for the issues. Right now, when you had all these other guys, one guy with a broken leg, the other guy, I mean, it was it's totally a mess. It was a mess. mess. They did not control it. I did. I'm going to say something. I did like that, that uh, when Swambi guy. You like him? A little bit, but he was like a, a toothache. He was like a toothache. He kept popping up with those white teeth. Yeah. And I mean, he was a little overpowered. I don't right. like him. He should be the host of Good Morning America. Right. That's Perfect. a close side. Exactly. I'll right. Tell them right. That's what See, I don't gonna... remember your debate because I was living on the Upper West yeah. Side on yeah. West End and 104th yeah. Street. Yeah. And your debate was exactly eight blocks away <laughs> on 96th and Broadway yeah. at the New York Symphony yeah. Theater. Yeah. And uh, that's you what I had the bird his ass. Remember I hired the bird in yes. the big bird outfit? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The douchebag. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they, uh, de Blasio, who's hiding under your bed. Hey, where's Letitia James? 1.2 billion we could get for the immigrants. Let's go after that money, Letitia. Well, All you, you but, care but, about but, is Trump. But you're calling Bill de Blasio a douchebag, and that's yeah. deserved. 
he was yeah. awful, and you're calling out his yeah. wife for stealing yeah. $1.5 yeah. But is the new mayor that much better than Bill de Blasio? Right, before, before we go there, let me give you my opinion about last night. I do yeah. have an opinion. And I know you how you feel about Donald Trump, and I told you, you know, I'm going to vote for him because I'm obviously I'm going to vote for him. But as a backup unit, the best I saw there, the one that hit on three cylinders there, the one was where he removed those prosecutors out of the state of Florida for not prosecuting crimes. I got to give him a big check. Yeah. Also about the CRT with the schooling and also the transformer thing. I'm going to tell you something. He's got big checks there. And I guarantee you, he's not going to have the people of Florida running around with face masks when this crap that's starts. That's true. That's He'll true. say like this. It ain't happening in my state. So that's the the big check. Okay, so, that's I, fair. That's fair. So you you like the Santa? Forget about Fatso. He's your second choice. Forget about Fatso in New Jersey. Go lay on the beach there, Fatso. Well, you have, have another well, you pizza. You friends with Chris Christie? Yeah, but he's a he's a big moron. What's you the know, matter with him? I love the way they attacked him. Say, yeah. Oh, you had such a great state. Yeah, you, you lost all the money. Hey, hey Christie, <laughs> have another pizza pie. Okay, I know him very well. Okay, okay, I can't bring him up the rails. He can't fit in the friggin' seat. Okay, <laughs> now let's go right back to the transformer issue. Now there's a news update. You know, I've been on this thing from the beginning. The St. Louis Children's Hospital reported that all these reports of what's going on with all these kids with all these medication and meds are extremely dangerous. Nobody wants to produce this thing. Where is the report from that psychopath thing, whatever it was, man, woman, transformer, Nashville shooter? She had, oh, yeah. a, she yeah. had a manifesto. They have not released it. Why haven't they released it? You know why? Because it talks all about this transformer stuff, these medications drive them crazy. Why isn't the U.S. government looking at this? We're killing our children. Hey, look it. I am for a person to be whatever you want to be. When you reach 18 years of age, you want to be a yak. You want to cut your yak off. Do whatever you want to do. (laughs) But don't be telling my children at six or seven years old and start injecting them with all these things that we don't even know if they're going to grow a, a penis out of their head. Right. That's why Ron DeSantis oh. is uh, your type of guy, because he well, has uh, railed against that. That was, out of the whole thing, yeah. he hit on three main issues. And, and let's be fair about it. I know you're not crazy about it. Let's be fair. Those issues... That's I think fair. Coach stole it, stole, That's fair. Totally stole fair. it away. And we know what's happened. I told you about the mask. By December, we're going to be walking around. Everybody, everything's going to be shut down. Hey, office workers, go back home again. We're just starting to breathe some air. And now we're going to shut them down. Now, the most important issue. Uh, just so you know, I will not comply. I didn't comply the first time. I will not comply again. You know, I got to say with the kids real fast. You know, I talked about the kids, these iPads that are harming the children. Everyone should look up that story. It, 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 it hits their motor skills and all that. All they do is look on an iPod, including my grandson. I mean, he's addicted. When you take it away, they go into depression. They go nuts. He's yeah. destroying our kids. Please, parents and grandparents, take the damn iPads away. Let them have interaction with you. Talk to them. Walk with them. Talk to them. You know, it's funny you say that yeah. because when we lived in New York City, my son Gabriel spent so much time in our apartment. He didn't go out and play ball. Yeah. So yeah. he spent all that time You're on the iPad games. and the computer. Now we move to where we live now. Yeah. He's outside playing basketball it. every day. Love it. Love it. Now, yes. let's stay in focus right now. I, it was a disgrace watching my friend Rudy Giuliani turn himself in. He shook every sheriff's hand, everybody. It hurt me when you got lawyers. These were lawyers that they indicted. These are people that are lawyers defending Donald Trump. Let's stop the bull crap. If people of America, Democrats, Republicans, Independents can't see what's going on, because you could be next. And then you know what? 
What are you going to say then? They're taking our rights away from Americans. Justice is blind in America now. Hey, that was a good hit. I'm glad they popped that head of the Warner Group there. Uh, what's his name? Papa oh, the Wagner Group? Yeah, yeah. Pa- what's his name? Papa Gojin. Yeah, that idiot. Well, he shot the plane down, Yeah, Putin. yeah. Nice, nice move there. <laughs> yeah. but, but like they said last night, uh, uh, my friend over there, Putin, he's no good guy. No. And then what, they're cutting no. the ears off. Yeah, no, he's, about, he's rough. He's rough. All right, I'm glad my mayor's back because I'm letting him know right now. I'm going to say something. You could go to Bo Deedle's True Crime Podcast. I, I, I did it yesterday. Go there, please. This is to save New York City coalition with the Charter Agree- Amendment. Right now. Oh, it's up now? Is it up It's now? up there in Bodino's true crime story. Basically what this is about, to round it out. And I talked to two major real estate developers. Everybody's getting on board. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Hey, Eric, you're back. Listen to me. You are a target of the progressives. You're not going to win the next election. They have two candidates that are going to take you out because you're not progressive enough. The only way that you could get reelected is by listening to Uncle Bo over here. Right now, you have an opportunity. Organize and pass a local government charter. We could, it's, it's New Yorkers Save New York City movement. I have it all together on my, on my site. What we do is we put together an amendment. We get all the leaders of New York City to come on board. And then 2024 presidential election, when everybody's coming out and vote, we'll put the amendment on there to take the power away from these moron progressive city council. I'm not a doctor. I'm not Dr. Siegel. But when you got cancer, you got to cut it out. That's and right. we got to cut that cancer of, 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 of down here in city council. I talked to the mayor. And then he says, I'm being, I'm being cock blocked here. I'm being cock blocked there. The reality is he's saying that the city council will let him do it. So let's get rid of the city council. And I want everyone on board. I want the churchgoers from Bedford-Stuyvesant, the Asian, the Jews, everybody to get on board and let's vote the power of the city council out because of them not doing it. They can't shut down this immigration. What do we have? 120,000 now? What's next? And it's going on and on. And I tell you right now, what they're going to talk about, Eric, is when you run, they're going to say how much money you spend, no big contracts, and they're going to kind of – the only one that can save you, Eric, is your Uncle Bo. I was there. <laughs> your first 100000 when you ran for state senator. I was there borough president. I was there for mayor. You better listen to me. Every time you give me lip service, oh, Bo, I'm going to call you. Call. My phone hasn't – my phone hasn't rang. Also – I have not gotten one hour of security in this city. Mr. Bo knows the mayor. No, I know who got nothing, You know who got in the dying? It means Not dick. a dollar. Yeah. No, so I by the way, all these you know, numbers. the city council thing that you're putting together is brilliant. Yeah. And that's a great job out of you, Bo. But on the, the uh, illegal side, yeah. as I'm about to uh, participate in my second rally alongside Curtis in Brooklyn in yeah. three nights in the Toys R Us parking lot, Flappish Avenue in Brooklyn, I had somebody very close to the mayor. You know who it is. Yeah. You know who it is. Really give me a hard time this morning uh, that they watched the video of me two days ago when I called out Biden, my Marcus yeah, Harris, yeah. Hochul, and the mayor and said, why are you stabbing the mayor in the back? I said, because aside from the city council, he blames that. Yeah. I've never heard the mayor once say Biden's name. I've heard him say federal yeah. government. Well, I never hear him calling out well, Mayorkas on the border. What has he done? Okay, he's what has gonna, he done? I know he listened. He's going to hear it first. Eric Adams, Mayor Eric Adams, with all respect. 
I still like you, but you don't understand. There is a wave coming. And when they got this tra- choice voting, remember the Miley Wild Whiplash? Yeah. And then that loud, <laughs> that, that, that guy who was the controller, that scumbag. Brad Lander. Brad Scumbag Lander. He's the one that wasted billions, tens of billions of dollars on these green projects with our pension funds. This city pension funds are almost bankrupt. This scumbag's going to run for mayor. And Wiley Whiplash, and then when they do right choice, you know where you're going to be, Mr. Mayor? On the bottom of the ranking. This might be your first in and first out. I tell you what, if you don't listen to Bo, I'll consider giving you a job because you're going to be out of a job if you well, don't they, straighten this city Well, they've been chanting at all these rallies we go to. Yep. They've been chanting one-term Eric, one-term yeah. Eric. Well, no, and it's, not, and it's coming from the progressives want him out. Oh, he everybody, progressive it's everybody. It's, and, and i got to tell you this. Right now, as you and I are talking... There's a hundred kids playing soccer at Floyd Bennett yeah. Field. They're going to be kicked off. Right, right. There's kids playing soccer in Randall's Island. They're going to be, they're about to be kicked right. off. So the mayor is standing by as we're taking our kids, making them unsafe. My beautiful wife trying to yeah. run through the park, making her unsafe. Do something, Eric. Do something. Two, two more important issues. This scumbag, George Soros, this Hungarian piece of garbage, and his ugly looking son. Now listen, now they want to put a deal out there with his, what's that called? His open, uh, open society foundation bullcrap. What they want to do is they want to legalize heroin. They want to legalize drugs. They don't want people to go to jail. They want our country to be zombies. This punk is now pushing to make that legal heroin, cocaine, everything, fentanyl, make it legal. Oh, Just kill on. America. Hold on. One more thing. One more thing important. China. We're missing China again. All of a sudden, China's out there, right? And now they come, oh, we made a deal with technology. They have all our technology already. Biden, oh, we're making a deal. You're stupid. China has, and they keep developing all these kind of strains of biological weapons. I'm sure another one's coming. Also, China's in control of North Africa. China's all over. Did you notice coming through the border? It was on TikTok and Instagram. You saw tens of dozens and dozens of young Chinese guys, yep. 20s and 30s, with military haircuts coming through our southern border. Here it goes, baby. These are going to be the zombies that are going to be activated to blow up our installations around the United States, including our utilities and all. Don't you see it coming? They want us dead. And you know what, Lachlan Murdoch? You're a scumbag. You're a good, good, lucky sperm. You wrote an article about me. Oh, put this in the article. Bo Deedle hates China. And how dare you ever put me in bed with these Chinese guys? I don't eat Chinese food. And you got that big lawsuit. Lachlan Murdoch, I sent you the letter with the liable and slander suit. Next comes the suit. All I said was have your ball bag up and meet with me. Have 10 security guys. All your lawyers, I never did what you accused me. And you're not not a fair man. And I tell you what, I would shake your hand, Lachlan, if you met with me. And I would explain to you, your father, Rupert Murdoch, was one of the greatest. But you're only a lucky sperm. You showed your, you show your true colors. And you're the one. There's another $2.5 billion. If they want me to be a witness, I'll say what a scumbag you are, Lachlan, with your lies about me, Lachlan. So right now, you're going to have a problem. And I'll say it right now. Tucker Carlson will get a big golden parachute because he's the main witness against Lucky Spurn, Lachlan Murdoch. And Mer- hey, listen, you can't stop me from talking on this is America's free radio, Lachlan. I know you'll put crap in the paper about me. You banned me from being in the paper. And you banned me from Fox News. But you can't Baby, from my man Sid nope. and WABC, nope. the Truth Radio Network.
perfect ending. Bo Dito, folks. You got to love him. Bo Dito right here on Sitting Friends in the morning. One more. One more. Lynn Jones, that scumbag. $100 million <laughs> they gave this punk because that other guy, Bezos, banging that other broad there. All of a sudden, he felt guilty because they didn't have a black guy in space. So he gave $100 million. And what is he doing? He just bought another family. Give me a break. Thank you, Bo. We'll be right back on Sitting Friends in the morning. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. Georgia, and I'm feeling very, very good about it because I feel like I'm defending the rights of all Americans, as I did so many times as a United States attorney. People, people like to say I'm different. I'm the same Rudy Giuliani that took down the mafia, that made New York City the safest city in America, reduced crime more than any mayor in the history of any city anywhere. And I'm fighting for justice. I have been from the first moment. I represented Donald Trump. And this a man who has now been proven innocent several times. I don't know how many times he has to be proven innocent. And they have to be proven to be liars. Actually, enemies of our republic. who are destroying rights, sacred rights. They're destroying my right to counsel, my right to be a lawyer. They're destroying his right to counsel. It's not accidental that they've indicted all his lawyers. Never heard of that before. In America, all the lawyers indicted. Now, whether you dislike or you like Donald Trump, let me give you a warning. It's going to come for you. When the political winds shift, as they always do, let us pray that Republicans are more honest, more trustworthy, and more American than these people in charge of this government. Because if our government is conducted this way, and the system of justice is politicized and criminalized for politics, your rights are in jeopardy and your children's. Donald Trump told you this. They weren't just coming for him or me. Now they've indicted people in this case. I don't even know who they are. These are just regular people making a normal living. They're going to bankrupt them. They won't convict them. Ah, devil went down to Georgia. My friend Rudy Giuliani and what they've done to him is disgusting. Turned himself in with 18 other co-conspirators yesterday. The president, Donald Trump, will be doing it later on tonight in Fulton County. Brings me to my next guest. Hear great things about this guy. Don't know him. Frank knows him. His name is Michael Francisi. And uh, he was a mobster for a long time in the Colombo crime family. And son of former underboss, the very, very famous... Sonny Francisi. And Michael Michael did some good things for the mob. That whole gas bootlegging deal, making the mob about $8 million a week at one point. In fact, back in, uh, I don't know, the mid-'80s, they did a uh, story in Fortune magazine, 1986, and Michael was listed number 18 on its list of the 50 most wealthy and powerful mafia bosses. He was on his way to med school. His father went to prison. Like Michael Corleone, he jumped in to help out. And he made a lot of money and did a lot of jail time. And eventually just walked away. Now he's a motivational speaker. He writes books. And the guy that put him away was Rudy Giuliani. As far as I know, Rudy put him away. And today he's dear friends with Rudy Giuliani. How did that happen? 
Here's Michael Franzisi. Mike, good morning, buddy. How are you? I'm good, Sid. How are you? Uh, it's great to talk to you. Thank you. I don't know what I got right, what I got wrong. Certainly I know of your name, Please. your father's name, and your life. But let's start right there. You're on your way to pre-med medical school. Your father gets uh, a 50-year prison sentence, and you're kind of, quote-unquote, forced into duty. What do you feel about that, then? Well, you know, yeah. I mean, my dad got a 50-year prison sentence uh, in federal court for masterminding a nationwide string of bank robberies. And sit until today, I'll take this to my deathbed, my dad was framed on that case. He wasn't a bank robber. We we spoke to every witness. They recanted their testimony. We gave them lie detector tests. We could never get the conviction overturned. He ended up doing 40 years on that 50, destroyed his life. But aside from that, yeah, I was on my way to medical school, and uh, I got very close with Joe Colombo. My dad was his underboss. And when he, Joey, started the Italian-American Civil Rights League, I saw it as a way to help my dad. Lost interest in school. And long story short, in the visiting room of Leavenworth Penitentiary, my dad uh, proposed me for membership in the life, and I was uh, 21 years old at the time. And then, you know, 1975, uh, I became a MAID member. And, uh, you know, I had a, had a pretty good run, <laughs> became a major target of law enforcement myself. And one thing you did get wrong, Rudy did not put me away. He put me on trial. I was one of the first major mob cases under the indicted under the RICO statute, but I was acquitted in that case. Ah. So I beat that one. Uh, but then they got me in the Eastern District on a, another big RICO case that I pled guilty to. So, gotcha. uh, yeah, and, and uh, Rudy I, and I, we kind of patched it up after 30 years we got together on another show and uh you know he wrote the forward to my latest book and uh you know i hope he beats this ridiculous case that they put on him and and uh you know that's how i feel about it it's interesting because i've had conversations with rudy and of course he put away all five crime bosses in one night right he 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 really did kind of dedicate his life early on in that office to putting mobsters away. But he's actually said to me on this show that he has more respect and some of those guys that he put away have more honor than some of these Democrats do in government today. He said it's not even close. And that was before they indicted him. Now he must feel even doubly uh, strong about that. So, yes, yeah, so he was a guy that tried to put you away. You become friends years later. So you're on a TV show? How does that happen? Yeah, we were on a radio show. A mutual friend had us both on the show. But, you know, just to, to go uh, take it a step further with what Rudy said, look, I spent 20 years on the street. My dad, you know, I grew up in this life, the underboss of the family. Sid, I'm going to tell you, I haven't seen guys on the street as bad as what I'm seeing in our government today. And look, I walked away from the life. I'm not glorifying it in any way. You know, I didn't put people in jail. I didn't go into the program. I didn't do any of that. But I knew it was a bad life. And at some point in time, I said, look, I got to preserve my family because my family, mom, dad, brothers, sisters, were destroyed. Yeah, but can I stop you for a second? Because let me stop you here for one second, because the conventional wisdom is. You can't walk away. I mean, you were a made man. You knew a lot of stuff about a lot of people. So before you get back to how you feel about Democrats, how did Michael just walk away? Well, you know, it's a, it's a long story, sir, but here's the bottom line. I never put anybody in prison. And when I walked away, I told everybody, I'm not looking to hurt anybody. I'm not mad at anyone. But I'm not going to put my wife and kids through what my family went through and what every other family of every member of that life went through. So, yes. Contract on my life. My boss, uh, Carmine Persico, you know, was very upset with me when I walked away. My father, 
practically disowned me for 10 years until we patched it up and he realized I wasn't hurting anybody. Mm. But, you know, I just look and I got to blame Giuliani in one way. You could either give him the credit or the blame because he was the one that effectively started using the RICO statute. And it was the RICO statute that destroyed my former life. It wasn't John Gotti. It wasn't any of these high profile guys. It was the RICO statute because that became they got everybody with that. Yeah, I mean, they yeah, put everybody yeah. away and for yeah. a long time, you know, and yeah. what happened? Guys on the street weren't willing to to do the kind of time that they were giving out. We had a lot of informants. The life just took a bad, bad turn, and I saw it happening. I saw it coming. Look, I was indicted seven times. Wow. Two federal racketeering cases. Almost twice as much as Trump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, he's, he needs one more to catch up. Well, he needs a couple more. Right. He's, uh, he's three behind you right now. But, but you know, talking about yeah. Trump and the RICO statute, so you know about the RICO statute, as you just pointed out, because of Rudy, all too well. So when you saw them apply that, apply that, to the indictment in Georgia, you had a laugh, no? It's a joke. It's not a RICO indictment in any way, shape, or form. Now, of course, this is a state RICO. They tried to, you know, get some elements of the federal RICO statute to put in there, but it's a joke. This isn't an organized crime family engaging in a pattern of racketeering. Not at all. You know, I don't know how they're going to, you know, even look, I, I don't know the particulars of it, but I don't know how they're going to lay this out. But, you know, and Sid, I got to tell you something. I don't know if you want to switch to Biden or not, but some of the stuff that I see going on there is uh, is just beyond my belief. Give me an idea. Beyond my belief. Tell me. Tell me. Well, I'll tell you very easily. I had when I was running my gas operation and basically we were defrauding the government out of tax on every gallon of gasoline. I had 18 shell companies. Why did I call them shell companies? We had no brick and mortar. No employees. We didn't sell a product. We didn't do anything, right? All we did was collect illegal money that went through our bank accounts, and then we put them wherever we wanted to put them. This is exactly the same scheme that Hunter and Joe Biden have. They have shell companies, no brick and mortar, no employees. They don't have a product. They don't sell a product. They're not consultants. They have no service, and they're collecting money. And it's exactly the same operation that I ran that I did eight years in prison for, had a $15 million restitution for, and $5 million in forfeitures. And, you know, people are asking, well, Joe, Joe Biden didn't collect any of the money. None of it went to him. Well, of course not. This is illegal money. I didn't put money in my name either. I put it everywhere else, and then I got it in different ways. You know, it's, it's amazing that, that this isn't an investigation. This is an immediate RICO indictment, no question about it, because it's happened in different places. It's a pattern of racketeering happening there. And, and the, the idea that people in America are letting this go, influence peddling at the highest level of government, and nobody is upset about it. Well, I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, I mean, there are I people. Up, I, I don't get it. There are people upset about it. I mean, I am. You know, I'm. A, I don't know how often you listen to this show, Michael, but this is about uh, as close as you'll get to the real truth, TV, radio, anywhere in uh, in the country. But you're right. Overwhelmingly, the numbers are not there because you know the media is run by a bunch of liberals, and uh, they know the truth, but they don't. Act, they act as if they don't. They're not all stupid, and they're not all ignorant. They just they got got agendas. They're bias driven. That's the way it goes. That's fine. So, so the, the seven books you wrote, I'm curious, and Rudy wrote the, the forward for the last book. What are these books basically about? Is it motivation? What are they? 
Well, no, I wrote a couple of. I wrote a business book. I'll make an offer you can't refuse. I wrote a <laughs> uh, an autobiography. Yeah, Blood Covenant. Uh, I wrote a couple of uh, of uh, uh, faith based books, and the last book I wrote was called A Mafia Democracy, and it's showing how this government is acting just like we did on the street. And I made it. And, and you know, the, the satisfying thing about it is that the re, the comments that I'm getting. Michael, now I get it. Now I see it. Now you exposed it. It's exactly the same. This government now that we have does, doesn't want to give up power. It's all about money and power to them. And the things that they're doing and the fact that they're not being investigated. Listen, you know, I tell people all the time, look, you know, I get knocked for supporting Trump. And I tell people, look, he's not dating my daughter. We're not next door neighbors. and We don't go out to eat together. He was a good president. He did good for my country, and that's all I care about. I'm not interested in other his other personal stuff or any of that. We had a good four years when he was president, you know. And you compare that to what we have now. This guy is destroying our country. Yeah, and then his uh, underlings. Know, so I, live, I live out in California. Yeah, you can't walk the streets of San Francisco. I know Stockton, Oakland, know. LA. LA. Yeah. I know. Believe me. And, and, and what starts with him, and by the way, both Bo Deedle and Mike Sullivan say hello, Mike. It uh, it starts with Biden, and then, yes, it trickles down. Like, you know, there were the bosses and the guys underneath them. So you got a Gavin Newsom, for example, out in uh, in California. You've got a Kathy Hochul here. You guys have for years Gil Garcetti's son, Eric, as the mayor of Los Angeles. We have the Blasio and Adams. So it starts with Joe Biden. But then all these cities where you live, Mike, and where I live, these blue cities, these blue states, they're getting hit over the head, too, because these people share the same philosophies. They are killing us. Yeah, and when I say, Sid, nobody cares, I'm talking about the people that should care. The FBI, not investigating this case, the Department of Justice. You, we have an influence peddler that's selling our government, and he's in the Oval Office. And, and the media is covering for this guy. I mean, I don't care if you like Trump or not. Trump is irrelevant at this point. But this guy is destroying our country. You know, I spoke to 850 uh, Border Patrol agents in the state of Texas. I did a big uh, seminar with them. If you would hear the things that they were telling me, they said, Mike, we're not even getting 5% of the illegal drugs that are coming across the country. We can't control the human trafficking. We don't know if terrorists are coming aboard. We don't know anything. There's so many gotaways. We don't know. We can't even give you the number of gotaways that get away. We just know it's high. And they get no help from the federal government. What's the motive behind this? To destroy America? Because that's what's happening. Yeah. So let's get back to uh, your former life for a second. You're great with the politics. I mean, real great, Mike. And on the money, you uh, absolutely know what you're talking about. But a lot of folks will try to convince me that the Italian mafia, not the same, pretty much dead. Uh, I had one guy come on this show. Oh, uh, Joe Pistone, Donnie Brasco. So let me tell you something. I'm a lot more worried about the Albanians and Russians these days than the Italians. You tell me, you're out of the life. I get that for a long time now, Mike, but is the Italian mafia dead or just being very quiet? Well, they're not dead. And by the way, I love Joe Pistone. He and I are good buddies now. You know, people not, ah, how could you like Joe Pistone? It's very simple. He did better at his job than we did at ours back then. It was his job to do what he did, and he did it well. He so got you. No hard he, he got you. <laughs> he got us. Yeah. I mean, he, he, there's no question about it, but he's a good guy. But, you know, they're not dead. But I always say this. The golden years of Cosa Nostra in this country were really from the late 40s, early 50s, right through to the mid-80s. That's when we had so much power, so much control, right into the White House. 
I mean, we controlled all the unions in this country. You control the unions, you control the country in a big way. I think you know that, Sid. But after RICO, it was decimated. And guys have gone undercover. I say this all the time. It's not going to go away in my lifetime because you know what happens? These things run in patterns for how many years? Maybe 15, 20 years. The FBI was all about mafia, Cosa Nostra, New York, five families. They had at one point, I believe, 12 to 1,400 agents assigned to the five families. And we had about 750 members, made guys, in all five families. So that's practically two agents for every one of us. Of course, we had a lot of associates, but today I think there's less than 100 agents wow. that are on because yeah. things have, have gone quiet. It's not going away. I mean, these guys are pretty resourceful, um, but it's not nearly what it was back in our day. So you're, you're saying it's the RICO, which is obvious because there's a absolute uh, direct hit from a legal standpoint with the RICO. There are still lots of guys that aren't loyalists, like I'm a Trump loyalist to Gotti. And they say that he was really the end, that, you know, his he just couldn't like Trump. He just couldn't stay the limelight. And he just he was uh, basically as good as he was. And people loved him and that he was the beginning of the end. Uh, what are your thoughts on God? No, no, I don't believe that at all. Listen, there were other high profile guys throughout our life. Joe Colombo, extremely high profile. He didn't take the mob down. I mean, we, we survived for quite some time after that. It was the RICO Act. Trust me when I tell you that, because, listen, guys started to become informants left and right you know they don't it was one thing years ago before that act ah, you get 10 years maybe 15 you do you know three quarters you do half whatever any mob guy can stand that look i got 10 years i did eight on the 10 okay you don't want to do it but it's not bad but now they they put a guy in his cell and they say hey get comfortable because here's where you're going to spend the rest of your life or the next 40 years no more parole you're doing 85 percent of your time you're not getting bail 90% of the time. You've got to fight the case from inside. So once you're in, you're done. And that's it. Unless you want to talk to us. You want to talk to us, we can make a deal. Don't worry about it. Guys did not stand up. Look at all the informants. That's what happened to this life. It was the RICO Act. And it's not fair to blame John Gotti. Not true at all. You know, John was just another guy. Yes, he was high profile. But we, we were around, you know, uh, uh, way before him. And uh, it wasn't him at all. And I, when people say that, I say, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm not even in the family. Uh, but I, I am curious about your father because I know that a lot of guys that are still active, I know a couple <laughs> guys that used to be, uh, they, they were, you know, kind of hesitant to have their kids jump in. And your father got that 50-year sentence and you jumped in. Was that because you felt like you had to help or was your father actually encouraging you? To jump in. He, he didn't encourage me initially, but when Joe Colombo started the Italian American Rights League, I started to, you know, I was around my father's friends every day. I was walking a picket line. I was in the Park Sheridan Hotel, and guys are telling me, Michael, you know, if you don't help your father, he's going to die in prison. Your father's no bank robber. Everybody said it. Everybody knew he got framed on that case. So I'm saying, you know, now I got my, my mother and three kids at home. My dad. One thing, Sid, don't believe this. You know, everybody thinks you go away to jail and the mob takes care of you for the rest of your life. It's not true. My dad had some things going on the street, but after two years or so, it ran out, and we had to fend for ourselves. So I told my dad, I said, Dad, we need money. We've got to pay for lawyers. We've got to go after these witnesses. I said, I can't go to school anymore. I've got to help you out. And basically, my dad said to me uh, exactly these words. 
son, if you're going to be on the street, I want you on the street the right way. In his mind, the right way was to become a member of his life. And that's when he proposed me. He said, do it right. Wow. And, uh, and that's how it happened. So he didn't really encourage me until I made up my mind to say, I can't go to school. I got to help you out. And that was it. So in uh, closing here, Michael, you, uh, you're a great guest. Great guest. I'm glad you uh, stopped by today. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, again, let's go back to where we kind of started this after your childhood. Rudy Giuliani did turn himself in yesterday. He did write the foreword for your seventh and last book. He's responsible for the statute that put a lot of your friends away and eventually, eventually got to you too. But you admit on this program you guys are good friends today. What do you think should happen to Rudy and Donald Trump moving forward? I don't want them to go to jail. I hope they beat this case. Listen, you know, again, again, and I've seen this, Sid, my whole life I saw it. And I tell people now, I said, listen, forget that it's Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, or anybody else. But when the government starts to weaponize their weapons, the Department of Justice, the FBI, to go after their political enemies, this country is in deep trouble. Because when they do it to their enemies, they're going to do it to everybody else if they can get away with it. And, you know, well, look, when we were on the street, we knew people got framed. You know, things we saw the FBI do certain things. But in a way, OK, we're criminals. This is who we are. They stretch the truth a little bit. They want to go, you know, the extra mile. But I always said, listen, if they get away with it with one group, they're going to extend it and get away with it with other people. Because you give the government an inch, they never give it back. And they'll always look for more. And that's exactly what's happening. This yeah. is so dangerous unprecedented to do this to a former president. Yep. It's all nonsense. Yep. This guy in New York who, who arrests him on this garbage stuff. I mean, and people are sitting back and, and thinking that it's okay. It's not okay. I no. don't care if it was Trump or anybody else. It's yep. not okay. It's dangerous. Mike, that's a great job. I loved having you on today. Michael Franzisi, thank you so much for hopping on. My phone has blown up this whole conversation. Please come back again very soon, buddy. Thank you so much. Anytime, Sid. Thanks for having me. God bless you. Mike uh, Franzisi. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. Again, on this date, we mourn the death of the former great Rolling Stones drummer Johnny Watts. Died two years ago today. Chaz Terry, the great Chaz, checks in goes, Hey, Sid, you did it again, brother. Another great interview. Most folks... Loved it. I thought it was pretty good, too. But we're done for the day. we all done. Excellent job, Lou Rafino. Excellent job, Justin Ellick. Jim Flippin, filling in for Noam Layton. Uh, had a really good week. Jim, I'm proud of you, man. Great stuff. I enjoyed working with you. And all the guests today were terrific. We'll be back again tomorrow for a Friday show. Sitting friends in the morning. Until then, peace. Depends on us. Enable the 77 WABC Alexa skill at home. Download the 77 WABC mobile app on your phone. Don't miss a minute. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, everyone. I'm Brian Kilmead. This is your Talented Towers New York Minute. Go to T2T.org right now. Pledge $11 a month to this great organization. They sponsor this piece. It's the least you could do. 
Now the news. Mayor Adams wants Governor Hochul to use an executive order to get this force-feed communities outside of New York City to take migrants and give the Big Apple $6.5 billion. Believe it. In a very short time, they got to really hate each other. We have 3,000 migrants pouring into the Big Apple every single week, and it's not slowing down. Staten Island's elected officials printed our rare United Front Wednesday with Democrats and Republicans opposing the use of Fort Wadsworth military base at a migrant shelter. We know uh, Curtis Lee were against that, too. Uh, meanwhile, Canadian wildfire smoke covered the New York City skyline with a toxic amber glow in June. Was no worse for your lungs than a bad pollen day, according to NYU Langone. The Yankees did something they rarely do. They won. Let's celebrate. Maybe they'll reel off 20 straight wins. I'm Brian Kilmeade. That's the Talk in New York on 77 WABC. Listen to my show 10 to noon on that same station. This has been your Tell the Towers Foundation New York Minute. The Tell the Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes.